Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> oh, we're back for a completely unnecessary podcast for uh, Tuesday, t- Tuesday, Tuesday, January 26, 2016, alongside my compadre, Ian Ferguson. Hi. I'm Pat Country. We've got a lot of topics to discuss. We always have a lot of topics. We have 24 roughly tonight, including Q&A. Rebel Studios rising from the ashes of the Polaris MCN on YouTube. We're talking about Donald Rumsfeld's mobile solitaire game. <laughs> the Atari Vault Collection. Five Nights at Freddy RPG screw-up. A new scumbag seller of the week. Uh, we're talking about Wonder Woman footage and Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> and Star Wars Episode Eight getting pushed back to December 2017. It's the end of the world. And the Royal Rumble recap. And Q&A. Ian, what's going on? Uh, not, <laughs> that's a, that, that pause is always good for comments. Not a lot. Uh, I don't have much of any, anything interesting to say. I'm tired. Uh, I, I am going to be at a... Uh, a small convention in Buffalo, New York, uh, aptly titled uh, Lilcon uh, 3. Uh, I'll be there on April 30th. Um, sounds fun. It's one day only. There's going to be... Uh, it seems like the focus is going to be a shitload of um, board game tabletop, uh, card game tournaments, as well as video game tournaments. And it's like five bucks to get in. So if you're in the area and you want to say, hey, by all means, please do. And I say, hey... Hey, 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 little red. I fucking hate that song. It's in every commercial now. I don't even know what you're talking about. You ever hear that Renegades <sighs> song? It's on for like car commercials and closing now, no. and it's like some banjo band that struck gold with this song that was just good enough to get on commercials but not offensive to anyone. I fucking hate banjo bands. Uh, well, I think there's a banjo. <laughs> they don't all play banjos. Anyway, we're getting off topic. There's a banjo band that. revival. So you're going to be at this convention. Yeah. Ian's first the time he's a guest at a convention like by himself a solo that's awesome yeah, technically I did my own panel at uh, Too Many Games sure but we were a package deal okay with that what are you doing Pat? <laughs> well I got it <laughs> that sounds so genuine <laughs> well I got a new Flea Market Madness video that's in the works in the works by the time you hear this it's probably going to be done if you're on my uh, if you're a super patron you'll see it before the rest of the world the book's going to get done in February that's plugging along. I just got to do the index. I'll probably fit around with the articles. I might do like a white text on black background just to be a little different. Oh, shit. Just a little. <laughs> hey, that. What was that? What did you do that for the Epic's Winter Games uh, video game your segments? Oh, hey. <laughs> Epic's coming at you. <laughs> oh, know. hey. Pat coming at you with an Ultimate NES guidebook. Um, so uh, I'm going to be at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. The weekend of the Jan- of, of the January of the January of the January thirty and thirty first. It's in uh, City of Industry, which is like just east of LA, I believe. Go to I think it's SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com, and it's going to be the big headliners: Keith Robinson of the Intellivision, Games Thirty One, Pat the NES Punk. That's how I'm built, not Pat Country. And then Phil Moore, host of Nick Arcade, which to me that's awesome. I get to talk to Phil Moore, 
That would be that would be, oh man, I get it for me the future video game meters, that'll never happen. What? I have to work, but if you could somehow get my chest signed by Phil Moore <laughs> while I'm here, that'd be great. I'll get like an ink iron on transfer yeah, for your chest. Fine, I'll that's just fine. <laughs> I'm doing it on saran wrap and I'll just press it on when you come back. <laughs> yeah, things have been going okay. I'm just sort of hanging in there. And uh real quick, uh we want to thank uh Antline Audio for sending us some 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 goodies, uh Audio Technica headphones. Very nice headphones. Uh they sent us uh some gaming um Uber uh, wide mouse pad, and they sent us the um, Mod Mic 4.0, which I did a uh, sponsored video on. They actually sent Ian one as well. Nice to do that, and that's yes. the modular microphone that is uh, it's with a magnet, and you put it on. So thanks to them for doing that. Check them out. They're at uh, you can go. I think modmic.com is that what the thing? it is modmic.com. Uh, it is modmic.com, and that'll go to Antline Audio, and they, and they sell all this. So they sell. Um, uh, other other microphones and headsets, and they sell uh, audio adapters and uh, high end stuff, even like uh, uh, processing stuff. We yeah, appreciate like, like ampl- it. digital amplifiers. So yeah, check them out. Good stuff. And we also have a message from our sponsor, Embraceware. Hey guys, Jerry here from Embraceware. We're inviting anyone interested in providing us with feedback on upcoming games we're working on to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at slash Embraceware on each. So, for example, www. You don't need to do that. That's me. I'm doing that. HTTP colon slash slash. So, twitter.com slash Embraceware. We post screenshots of games and apps that are in development. We welcome beta testers, and we often give away free redeem codes. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry! Jerry! Did you watch the NFL playoffs at all? No. It's going to be Peyton versus Cam Newton, Super Bowl 50. Bunch of fucking murderers and rapists and dogfighters. Well, the dogfighter, he's, 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 he's on the sideline. He doesn't play really. Okay. I think they're cut. Okay. Okay. We don't want the NFL can kill us. So what Ian said was a joke in jest. They, <laughs> NFL has more power than any organized crime family. So um, come at me. I always invite Ian. I always invite you over after work because it doesn't start till like five thirty, uh, just about. And I always have sandwiches. And it's always me and Frank Howard, sandwiches and cupcakes and like wings and stuff. So you're welcome as always. Anyone else out there? You're welcome when you figure out where I live. You're welcome to come over. I mean, I shouldn't have said that. I'm so, not going to tell them. So they're going to have to do some <laughs> serious sleuthing. I might uh, want a sandwich. I don't want them to take it. So there was an announcement. An, an announcement from... PewDiePie. Uh, mm. Makes my insides just shrivel just even imitating it. Uh, my dick disappeared. <laughs> went inside out. Yeah. Uh, Revel Studios is a new sort of MCN offshoot of Polaris, which is all under Maker Studios, which is all owned by Disney. <laughs> So, I can't do this. So, I can't, I can't take this fucking seriously. <laughs> MC on offshoot. It's a fucking vanity project where him and his boys are going to hang out and blow each other. <laughs> well, hold on. Wait a second. That's, I don't think that's what this is at all. This is oh. a new... It's a new MCN. Okay. And it has people like before... I burned... Or you burned my bridges with the most powerful YouTubers like Cinnamon Toast Ken and Cutie, Cutie Pie Marja and um, Markiplier and Dodger and Quebble Pop and Emma Blackery and Jelly and PewDiePie. Uh, they're going to have a smaller, more focused sort of MCM. And they, they probably won't blow each other, Ian. Okay, fine. Maybe they won't. And maybe <laughs> I, I shouldn't talk like so... Yeah, on my channel, yes, maybe. Quite, maybe I shouldn't talk quite so brusquely uh, uh, when I'm when I'm obviously in a mood. I, it's just it's it was the text. Where is it? Um, For the press release, see. yes, the press release 
where it's basically talking about how this is something uh, new and fresh. And okay, it's, it's, it's not. This is uh, PewDiePie is going to be running this. Um, the idea of Rebel Mode was built from my own experience and will aim to bring together an Avengers-like talent squad to work and grow a business together, he said in a press release. From my perspective, Rebel Mode is a shift in how talent can approach a digital company and work together for a common good. My problem is that small little word. How is this a shift? What is this? How is this different? How is what's what's going on here that's different? Because it's it, huh? it's the talent running an MCN, except that if PewDiePie is running it, he's a manager, so yes, he's still managing, and he's it. picking people just like people who run MCNs pick things. Mm-hmm. It's all just smoking weird mirrors and funny words. Uh, he continues. Together, we will focus on creating from one-off videos, which they do already, to original series which they do already, to gamey games. I have no idea what that term is. That's a game that smells really bad. Okay. (laughs) Very, very nice, Ian. To animations, music, clothes, merchandising, charity drives, which you don't need an MCN to do. Nope. And more. Really anything that's awesome in the eyes of the fans. We have no idea. We're just going to do this, and uh, you're you're going to tell us what to do. Uh, Well, I'm going to try to break this down a little more than Ian is. What I think what's happening is this. I think... I'm sorry. I... I'm so sorry. You, know, you realize that now no one likes me on YouTube. No, no one likes me, and that's fine. <laughs> but, but I but I allow I have to allow the content to be out there on my channel. Anyway, so what's happening is this. These are all big YouTubers. PewDiePie has over 30 million. Uh, Markiplier has like over 11 million. He's supposed to be I, very nice. I'm Yeah, sure. Dodger has a ton probably. I don't know these people. Um, They don't need the MCNs anymore. Right. In the beginning, the MCNs did help. Uh, four or five years ago. So this is what Polaris used to be. Polaris originally was the game station back in about 2012. When back in 2012, not everyone could easily be partnered on their own. It was still all oh, I got to submit to be partnered and need at least 25,000 subscribers. The last change in three and a half, four years. I, I, I was rejected from a partnership originally when I first uh, tried to get it way back. So it was, to be on a network back then was a big deal. Now I, I could create a network if I wanted to. Like anyone can just do it. You know, have the means to do it. So when it started out, Game Station, it was a concentrated group. Guys like Austin Peanut Butter Gamer, guys like Jontron, guys like Angry Joe. They were handpicked and put on when it was really an exclusive club, and then they were pushed. They were pushed, and, and you know there was marketing dollars spent, and so it's easier to get seen and noticed, and easier to build up. Now it's so saturated with so many more people making videos, so many more MCNs, that it doesn't really mean anything anymore to be on even like a Polaris because they accept... It used to be like Polaris, their goal was to only accept, you know, a certain uh, criteria person. It had to be hand-picking. So it's just a label cura- of a click. It used to be curated, and now this is like what it originally was, but a much smaller degree. And these are all super YouTubers okay. that don't need an MCM. So I think they still want to get the benefits of the MCM and maybe act on their own because all these people in this heartbeat can tell Polaris when their contract runs out to go F themselves we can go to another MCN and, and dictate our own terms we can say we want a 99% ad split we can, we give you 1% because we can't well in a more you calm know. note I mean at the, at, the, <laughs> at the end it does it does state something about how uh, in an interview in 2014 he had stated that he would maybe perhaps part ways with um, 
with with Maker, and that this seems to be a a a a, a middle a middle ground. But if that's true, I mean, what you said is still a very real thing. They don't really need it, so no. they're giving him. It, it's like when a record label gives someone a sub label. You're giving them a little playground, but at at some point they 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 can have their own big playground. Yeah. They don't they don't need the little playground anymore. This is this is Polaris slash Maker Studio saying we really have to kowtow to whatever he says because he has this band of. The super group together of if they, all these guys leave, we're we're screwed, you know. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young of YouTube, basically. <laughs> Whenever I think of super group, I just think of high, <laughs> highly posturing guitar playing and basses. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they can dictate their own terms and do whatever they want, and still kick back to Disney slash Maker Studios in some degree. But if they really wanted to, at any point, these guys can walk and make their own super network and start from the ground up, and they'd be fine. So why yeah. do you think that? I, I mean, it, and I do believe that's the case. It's a power why? play. It's absolutely a power play. Okay, so it, it's simply to hold basically Maker, not necessarily hostage, but to get more squeeze more. Oh, this out is of all. Them. This is leverage. Okay, this is like a, okay. this is like a union of sorts. Right. It's like a, this is what you the closest thing you see to a YouTube union because if they if they don't do it if they don't keep PewDiePie happy you're like all right fine my contract runs out I'm gonna start my own network anyway I can do it I've I have millions of dollars and I'm bringing everyone with me I just wanted to say I'm sorry Pat what I meant to say was that they're all gonna get together and hug each other don't kill me they're just gonna have so hugs. so we've already pissed off the NFL and some of the biggest YouTubers in one video <clears throat> all right <laughs> so. Let's piss off the GOP. Um, <laughs> this isn't a GOP. This is Rumsfeld. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is an old this man. This is the no neocons. Longer, yeah, yeah, the neocons. All right. Even, so, even a lot of uh, GOP don't like Rumsfeld. At this point. Yeah, well, look at him. He looks like he's constantly shitting his pants. Um, yeah, right there. Ripe. Ripe with microtransactions. His pants are ripe with crap. <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld has released a mobile solitaire game <laughs> called <laughs> Churchill Solitaire. Which, on its own, is just hilarious that... Donnie Rumsfeld is, you know, in the game developer, is is, is a game developer now. The, um, the game starts with a montage of Winston Churchill, the, the great British Prime Minister during World War II, pacing and smoking sp- uh, splice between clips of tanks and boats on their way to battle World War II. Spliffs. Uh, yeah, well, that's the funny thing. <laughs> that starts your solitary <laughs> That game. starts it. What so, the hell? So it becomes, um, it, it, so it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a free-to-play solitaire game, and it honestly, the, the, uh, Free-to-play mechanics are not that different from other free-to-play solitaire-type games I've seen. In that um, you can buy undos, you can buy hints. <laughs> you need a hint for solitaire? you, yeah. you got to be really um, sad if you need a hint for solitaire. You can buy... Uh, the big thing is you can buy what are called shuffles. Now, I, I played a solitaire game once where basically... A lot of these solitaire games are play more like puzzle games than they do actual solitaire games. It's not a games. real solitaire game? They kind of give you like a predetermined shuffle. Really? And you figure out how you get through it. Now, the fuck is and, that? and that's kind of what this one sounds like. Okay. So basically, if you want to, you can uh, put down a dollar to access 25 different deals. Deals meaning a set shuffling and dealing of the cards for you to attempt to solve. Sure. Like a like a puzzle. There are 200 deals on offer, though for 4.99 you can unlock all the deals as well as a randomized deal mode. Um what I think is funny is in this article it says, Rumsfeld says players should make liberal use of the hint button, but encourages self-control when using the undo button. <laughs> there are damn few undos in life, but there are hints. You son of a bitch, Rumsfeld. <laughs> this is the same guy who, who spoke to the troops in Iraq saying, well, you don't go to war with, with the army you wish you had. 
That's when they were like shortchanging the body, the, uh, oh, the armor God. on the. Remember that? Right. They, yeah. They were shortchanging the, the armor on all the Humvees. Yes. Yes, I do. Fucking asshole. So, uh, I mean, probably don't buy this. Probably <laughs> don't give Donald. I mean, I, I just think it's funny because out of all the stuff now, in the in the in the course of the past couple weeks, huge campaigns. You don't see Cape Upton uh, anymore trying to push Game of War. I've seen Conor McGregor now come into it. But I saw I saw um, Christoph Waltz push some fucking strategy game, and now you see Arnold Schwarzenegger all over for Mobile Strike. My phone is blowing up, and he's like dressed as a general, and it's like you know, it's like if you if you need the wall ten feet high, build it twenty feet high. It's overkill. If you need one chopper, send twenty. And there, it's just this is where that you make money. You don't make money in AAA titles anymore. You make money on these fucking microtransaction free to play games. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep. You can see Arnold Schwarzenegger in commercials uh, for a shitty little strategy app game. How many phone calls do you think Rumsfeld actually participated in before this game got made? Two? Four. Four. Okay. Well, I'm going to four. <laughs> hey, we want to do this. We want a, a name that's uh, that everyone hates on our game. Okay. Solitaire, yeah. Winston Churchill, he used to do Solitaire. Makes sense. Let's okay. let's do it. All right. Not hey, fine. Mr. Rumsfeld, your game's going to come out, and uh, we're going to have microtransactions. We're going to give you uh, 30% of the gross profits. That, sound, that sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'm going to tweet it out. Give, on us, my... give us a blurb about undos and hints. All okay, right, perfect. I'm, I'm going to tweet out to all, all the followers who are just... Uh, follow me just so they can hate in everything I say. They're going to buy it. You know, that's basically what happens uh, with it. You know. Do you think what? Rumsfeld actually said players should make liberal use of the uh, hint button, or did he pick a different word than liberal? I'm thinking he might have chosen something else. <laughs> well, because of the uh, of the uh, <laughs> political slant. Is that what you're going for? Dumb jokes. Uh, personally, I just want to know whether or not he's a lizard person, and that is a reference to the Opie and Anthony show, who had Louis C.K. on as a guest. When Ronald Dumps, uh, drum, uh, what the fuck is this asshole's name? Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld is just yes. <laughs> Ronald Dumsfeld. When he called in and opening Anthony, were trying to ask like somewhat serious conversations. I think he was pushing a book at the time. All Louis C.K. was saying in a totally serious way. So, are you a lizard person? And like it was hysterical. <laughs> like just saying stuff like that. Like and then. Uh, Rumsfeld, to his credit, was nonplussed about it and just went, went with it, but that's what that was a reference to. What an awful idea for... for there's got to be a thousand free solitaire games you get to before you get to Donald Rumsfeld's solitaire game. It's, it's, go, it, it's attacking a very, very specific market. Go, go play Arnold's Mobile Strike. Download it now at the App Store. Remember, there are damn few undoes in life. <laughs> okay, unfortunately... This is not Atari Games at Denny's, which is one of the best segments we ever had on the CU podcast. One of the greatest things that's ever happened in the past couple of years. It, really. it probably involved humanity. Asteroids! When, when you think about it. I mean, j- kumbaya after that. So a press release came out. We don't usually report on press releases, but this is interesting because uh, the Atari Vault's going to come out in Steam, um, and it's going to be not just one of these cash-ins that you saw in, like, PS2 or whatever, where it's like, oh, you get, like, 15 games and television games or whatever, the Activision pack with 12 games in it. 100 Atari games. You really have to dig deep in a well to, I mean... To get to 100 games, I'm assuming yeah. they're all 2,600, maybe 5,200 thrown in or 7,800, but even then, you're digging the barrel. You're digging into, like, tic-tac-toe, era, you know, like, type of games. I, I mean, we probably should have looked, but I just... I mean, when you think of games at Atari... Here's the thing. At, at, at Luna... 
Well, they're, they're, not, they're, people, they're not all announced yet. There's no, only I some know. announced. But I'm just saying, at Luna, a lot of people come in and they go, oh, man, I love Atari. They made Pac-Man. They made nope. Galaga. They made all nope. these things. No, everyone is <laughs> Space Invaders. They all associate these things with Atari. Atari's games are for them. I mean, Centipede and Missile Command are like two of the, the probably the best known asteroids, right? Um, Asteroid, Centipede, Missile Command, Tempest, tried, I mean, and Warlords honestly, are the big ones. Other than the people on the Atari Age forums, try to name me past 20 Atari-made games right. within 10 minutes. Or, I mean, now. Adventure? Yep. <laughs> um, what's Yard's one? Revenge. Yard's Revenge. What's the one with all the keys? Haunted House. Star Raiders? Star Raiders. Haunted House. Okay, we're gonna, uh, I said Haunted I'm going to go to the original ones. and I'm going to go to, like, uh, Circus. Circus. Uh, uh, let's, 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 let's get Centipede, Asteroids, and Missile Command in. Uh, yeah, the original five in those. All right. Uh, uh, we're gonna count. We're gonna go sheep and go like go like baseball and basketball. We're gonna even gonna count those. Uh, uh, we have fine. We have to uh, breakout and super breakout. So now, so now we're at twelve. We're at twelve. Okay. Um. Uh. What's 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 the uh, what's the the logic one? The I, one I don't know. But one. Night Driver. Night Driver. Uh, we'll give Night Driver one. I <laughs> uh, think we do three D tic tac toe. Tic tac toe. Okay. Uh, chess. Ch- checkers. It was checkers. Was it, che- it wasn't chess? Nineteen versions of checkers. Okay, I don't yeah. think the entire can handle combat, checkers. Combat. Combat. Sixteen. Combat. Sixteen. Combat. All right. All right. Um. The the, the one that was a standalone were, were the enduro racer. No, 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 no. Was that one? Okay, fine. We'll just say. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Fuck. Uh, pinball. Pinball. Uh. uh we need two Hockey, more. Hockey, ice hockey. We're fucking. Now we're just. Being, we're thin ice hockey. hockey. Pele, Pele, Pele soccer. Pele soccer. Real sports. Pele real sports soccer. football. Real right. sports volleyball. Real sports baseball. And that's it. We we cover them all. So, anyway, you see our point. You see our point. Now I know you Atari nerds out there can rattle off fifty off the top of your head. You're putting but our no one knows on them. Boards right yes. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> We, we just ran through the top of my head, and we know something about video games, and we ran through ones on top of our heads. You know? I thought that yeah, as revenge, though. Good game. All right. Yes. So, I, I'm sure we missed some. Now, yes, ones like Pac-Man were ported over yes. by Atari, but they were not Atari games, so they will probably not be on this compilation. So you're digging deep. I just like the fact that it's 100, though, because... I think it's really cool. They fishing get... Derby. We can play Fishing, fishing derby. derby. There you go. Let's cover a bit of Wait, no, I think that, that might have been Activision. Boxing. No, I think Remember? that was Activision, too. Okay. Yeah, see, that, now, we're, now we're losing. Okay. So, Superman? No. Okay. What I think is... <laughs> Venture? Anyway. Uh, E.T. No. Um, E.T. Okay. They don't have the rights to that. What, what, so, so the point is that this is going to be like multiplayer uh, support, which I think is awesome. Yes. Even though these are really sort of uh, primitive games at this point, I think it'd be cool to play a two-player basketball with one guy throwing his arm like that out. I think they mentioned Tempest, too, so I think that Tempest means that they will do arcade. They will so do arcade. Be, they so will this will do be arcade. Ar- then, then, you're, then it's cool, because if it's arcade... Uh, yeah, Gravitron... As, Sure. Yeah, you can get some other cool stuff. Whoa, does that mean you're going to get, like, all the mid-80s, like, uh, APB and 720 and games like that? That's and Paperboy? Look at, look at look at us unfold as we, as we talk see, about now, this. See, now you now can kill us. Because okay. we forgot about, like, Marvel Madness and games like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> see? So, here's my thing, though, uh, with it. And it does sound... <clears throat> Hi, I'm 15. It does sound pretty cool. Um... In all honesty, all joking aside, but the games that they, and I say this all the time, the games that they tout when they announce this, games like Tempest, Missile Command, Centipede, these were all games that benefited from very specific controllers like trackballs and spinners. That's true. What's it, and, 
And it's never breakout. It's ne- I mean, these things have never worked well with traditional controllers. I'm curious because this says it supports the Steam controller. And the Steam controller ha- is kind of like a haptic feedback controller, meaning like it's it's got kind of a touchpad on the side, so I'm wondering if they'll do that for it, analog. It, I, I'm wondering if that's going to make some of these games more more playable. Obviously, it's not going to have the same feel, but it's probably going to be a damn better solution than using a D-pad that moves at a constant well, speed. Couldn't they just put in support like Centipede use your mouse? Even yes, they have before, but I... or 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 any you could probably use any USB controller on Steam. I well. Yes, my the, point is the the Steam controller. I feel like might have some something already the, the, in there the, for the, analog. I feel like the build of the Steam controller might work better for some of these games. I think it okay. might be interesting to see because I can tell you I played a Centipede with a mouse and it sucked having to constantly reset the goddamn mouse and then the spider eats you and then you go fuck off and cry. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, this is going to come out. Um, I guess in the spring it's going to be playable at PAX South at the end of January. So that's going to be interesting. It's only going to be on PC. And, uh, Give me oh, the APB and I'll buy it. Hopefully they put Asteroids on it. Like, hopefully there's like a I bonus. hope I can unlock I will buy this. If they put Asteroids on I'm First of all, I'm sold. This has all the mid, mid-80s uh, arcade greats. You just want Tubin. I just want Tubin. Right? I do. Can, they, can you emulate that on the keys? Actually, you only need is four keys. Uh, five keys. Five. You can, you can use do that. the keyboard. Oh, you yeah. can use, you can, that one, yeah. That one would be You can use like RTF and like CV and do it that way. You know, and have, have a good time tubing down the river. All right. So, I, I I don't know, because I'm not a huge player of these games, but I find this to be kind of refreshing. So, the uh, the man who created the Five Nights at Freddy's series, uh, his name is Cawthorn, 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 Steve... Scott uh, Cawthorn. Scott Cawthorn. Um, created the, ga- the, the Five Nights at Freddy's series, and I've played the first two, and basically you are a security guard in a Chuck E. Cheese type place, um, with robot, um, an- you know, animatronic robot animals, and they come to life and they eat your face off. And uh, sure, no, that's that's what the game is about. Literally, that's that's it, what it it's, is. They're like haunted. Yeah, you, you basically, especially in the first game, you sit in one, you sit in a security room, you watch monitors, and you security monitors, watch monitors, and, and literally all you, all you do, and I'm not saying this is bad because it's kind of fun, is you have to shut the doors at the right time to keep the. The the animatronic. It's all about what time management. It's timing. It's just it's it's, just it's, timing? it's timing and pattern and pattern recognition. And, you gotta, and, it, and plus there's like a flashlight thing too. You have to keep your flashlight powered. Oh, uh, if you turn the um, oh, how did battery management work? I don't know. Whatever. So, anyways, simple premise, but it's got a huge following. Yes, yeah, so there's it, been multiple. There's versions. four. There was four of them, Jesus. and I believe they kept sort of the same gameplay throughout. <clears throat> so like the police academy series. Um, I always enjoyed the premise. I thought it was kind of interesting. However, I was miserable at the game and never could fall into a, a groove with it. But it's hugely popular, and it kind of makes sense. He wanted to kind of expand upon that world a little bit, and he wanted to make a Five Nights at Freddy's RPG. Okay. Which uh, he did. And um, it was released, and it was immediately noted that there was some very strange things... Uh, uh, missing in it. There is no stats page. Uh, <laughs> attacks that do certain things do not actually really describe what they do, meaning people don't know what like an attack like jump scare will do, which stuns There's enemies. There's no notes for it? No, like, there it isn't. Not, not right now. Um, the game currently has a very positive rating, uh, okay. but the Five Nights at Freddy fans are rabid, and I mean, that was pretty much guaranteed from, from the start, that it was going to get a very positive rating. But, uh, 
these issues were pointed out, and it's kind of refreshing because uh, uh, Kathan did not make excuses. Um, he issued a, a, a fairly heartfelt apology, uh, stating, uh, this isn't exactly an announcement that I'm enjoying writing, but it is one I feel I owe to the community. You know, I've been accused of rushing my games ever since Five Night at Freddy's 1, but I've never felt that I released the game too early until now. And then he goes on to talk about all the problems that were addressed and how he felt like he should have, uh, you know, those things definitely should have been in there. And how that he was, you know, perhaps a bit too excited to show what was implemented and to get the game out there for his fans. And I find that admirable. Um, I feel like what should have been done, though, is this should have been put out to a test group. And Steam does allow... Uh, God, it's, it, I'm, I'm new to Steam, so I, the, the exact name of, the pro, it, of what it is is failing me. But basically, you can release a game kind of as a work in progress. I think they sure. just call it early access. And you can opt into an early access game, meaning you can buy the game, and as it gets completed, you'll receive the updates. So you know but you're you, getting it. But into. you check off a box that you literally check off a box that says know you know you're buying is, yeah. an unfinished I'm, product. I'm buying a beta, basically. And that's obviously what but, should have happened here. So what? But the strange thing about this is that this was originally supposed to really be released in February of, uh, 19th. Right. So then, why release it over a month earlier? I think it's over enthusiasm on his part. I think that's. I think it's exactly that. I think. I, yeah, from what I understand, this is a guy who, who, when he started making these games, did not know much about making games, did not expect to get the fan base he did, and I, I, I'm not making excuses for it, but I feel like he jumped the gun to surprise fans, and because he thought he had something, not not, not realizing that there were so many things missing from it that he probably should have. But, Notice. but fortunately for him, it didn't backfire too much. People still enjoy it for the most no, part. No, and he says he's going to implement all these things and that you know he's basically going to make it right by the community. But I just think it's odd to me that you would... And I don't know the process necessarily, necessary for getting it into an early access release, but it just seems weird to me that he would miss that opportunity to basically absolve himself of these problems by you know selling it to people early sure. as he finished it. Sure, he's not going to be hurting. He's priority a millionaire from the first games, and you know. No, I can't. I can't imagine he's really going to suffer for this much at all. <laughs> this is a uh, now. This I have less sympathy for. <clears throat> for why is my voice cracking? Like I haven't hit puberty tonight. Oh, uh, the comments section will have some good things to say about that. Um, Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> that game. It's delayed. What game? Oh, oh, again. The, oh, Mega Man clone. Yeah, uh, by Kaiji Inafune. Um was supposed to be released supposed supposed to be released in uh, April of 2015 originally uh, originally and as April was nearing the end of uh, well it's time uh, it was delayed but they, they didn't announce till April that it was going to be yeah delayed. exactly and then they delayed so, so it again in September yes and then and then they delayed it again clarifying uh, August the, they uh, went back to Q1 this year okay yep so the quarter one, stating that they were having problems with the game's multiplayer components. And then as we approach February, like, we're, we're almost there. They just delayed the game again to sometime in spring of 2016. Okay. And um, Inafune says, uh, This is all a result of miscalculations on the part of us, the development staff. For that, we are sincerely sorry. He adds that, we have no excuses for disappointing our fans, and especially our backers once more. We want to take this chance to express our sincerest apologies to everyone who has looked forward to this release. And I'll add, we're going to take those apologies and shove them up our ass. Because they don't give a fuck. I mean, they don't. I mean, I, 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 my question, I mean... Okay, we already pissed off the NFL. 
and all the big YouTubers of PewDiePie. Let's not pick off uh, Inafuni as well. I'm not pissing off any more people than I normally piss off. Um, <laughs> I pissed off people far worse than this. I'm just cranky today. You're uh, really cranky. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, I love you. That's uh, <laughs> so creepy. Let's bring it in for a hug. Uh, so okay. I just, I, I mean, is this it, is a guy who's been in game. My problem with this is this is a guy who's been in game development for fucking ever. He co-created Mega Man. Okay? But he was never... Maybe he was never the guy on top of it all. Right. But he's been around long enough to see this stuff. I mean, why... When when you realize that you can't... When you're about to push it back... I, I just... I don't know... I, it's miscommunication. It's mismanagement miscommunication. They don't have a good communication person to say, Hey, it'd be a lot better. This game's coming out in April 2015. Let's announce it in March even a month before that it's going to be delayed and not wait till the last second. Right. When a bad when bad things happen, you want to tell people up front as soon as they happen. Not not sit on the news. Yeah, because uh, you because you you I mean the first time or even this time you know if it's supposed to be released in February, you didn't just find out today or yesterday or whenever this was announced that that your game wasn't or, coming well, out. You knew a month ago that it wasn't going well, to make it. Well, it's not like Inafuti sitting there coding everything himself. He's got <laughs> no, a huge team doing this. I'm just saying, overall, the project in so general knows that it, it shows wasn't that he's it. not a good manager of a project. Though. This does not bode well for the fact that we never even talked about in the podcast the, the when they tried to do the second Kickstarter at the same time of doing this one. Yeah, and but, and it got backed. We never even talked about that. And how, how do you? I mean, that that's oh, that's gonna that's gonna work out real well. Which could be fine, but there's no track record of, of games so far. This is the first one, right? It's not like if they, they did three of them, and while the third one's coming out, they do a fourth one. Okay, two came out. We're still waiting on this one. So it's mismanagement, obviously. It's maybe the team's uh, not telling him what realistic expectations of when it's going to be, or they're incompetent. I don't know. Either way, they gotta get a they gotta get a hold of this, and then come out with at least the freaking single player then. Come out with something that's already complete and focus on that. Just get it out and then come back with the extras. The that seems like and everything else. if that's really true that it's the multiplayer that's holding it back. That seems like the easiest thing to do: break it down into modules, release single player, release multiplayer later. I mean, I, I can't to... imagine a lot of people are buying a Mega Man clone for multiplayer. I mean, people people get on a Star Citizen, but at least they're releasing the pieces that you're seeing they're working on. You know, like they're they're you're getting them. With this, it's sort of like, all right, we're going to wait again. So they raised uh, a $3.8 million. Uh, I'm not sure how many they did after that with Slacker backers or whatever else. Um, that's not actually a huge, huge amount for a game like this with the staff and everything. But you got to come out with the game. You I just, know a guy who's got 250 into this, and man, is, is he... he, is, he ste- is he steamed? <laughs> yeah. That was a stretch. <laughs> He's not happy. Right. So don't go get your pitchforks and and go after Inafune just yet. Let's see if they. I think it's too one. late for that. Is it too late? Yes, it's far too late. For Is it, that. So you think if they do a third Kickstarter, they'll be totally screwed? No one's going to back it, or it depends on how well this one's received. If this one comes out and it's awesome, I think all will be. Forgiven. If this is critically re- well received yeah. and the next game comes out on a on a reasonable time frame, I still think they're going to have an uphill battle for a third really? Kickstarter because the second Kickstarter was only backed, I believe, because someone with large money came in and saved it. Oh, so yeah, so they read weren't... whatever it was. I was what not. Is that? Uh, is that their Mega Man Universe clone or something? That is their. Mega 
Mega Man Legends, the Legends like, supposed follow-up. Yeah, that was not kickstarted naturally. Let's put it that way. That, have... that was not on its way to a a normal resolution. Man. Someone came, swooped in and was like, boom, here's, here's a shitload of money. Here's a few hundred thousand dollars yeah. or something. Because they really wanted to see the project. It's like, it's like the Twin Galaxies Kickstarter. <laughs> okay, we're not we're piss, piss off Christopher Guest as well. <laughs> Just piss them all off. Just give them all my address. They'll come for me first. All right, we haven't talked about GameStop in a while and their retro woes. We, we, we try to put a moratorium on it, but this is this is well, this is different. This, this is, is a little different, but it's somewhat connected. This is like breaking news, folks. We're now the CEO podcast, like the breaking news for all your. All your uh, retro and bad Kickstarter sort of needs. Uh, the Retron Five mm-hmm. is now f- for pre-order on GameStop.com. The Retron Five, if you don't search for it on uh, YouTube and see my face come up first to review it when it came out a couple years ago already, um, it's a ten-in-one system according to GameStop, and it's a it's on a GUI interface, and it's a bunch of emulators thrown in that may or may not be totally cool they put them on there but it does nes famicom super famicom super nintendo genesis genesis slash mega drive game boy game boy color and game boy advance <clears throat> and so gamestop's been trying to get back into the retro market to some degree of success i don't know if they're making money on it they're screwing over customers left and right but they're trying so this is interesting because it's not like they're selling the retro games in the store, they're all selling them online. So I'm, ass- I'm assuming that this is only going to be an online deal. And by the way, it's 40 bucks off right now, the retail MSRP. They're trying to sell it for only 100 bucks only instead of 140 the MSRP, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Well, that's why you're here. You're the expert on, on all this stuff, all the shenanigans that go on with this stuff. So, But it says bonus $40 if you try to order it online. So obviously... Um, this could be maybe GameStop then trying to sell the Retron 5 and say, hey, but by the way, guys, we got an online store of goodies to, that you can use with the Retron 5. It could be their way of getting into the market without having to deal with all the bullshit of getting NESs and cracked freaking Genesis systems. Yeah. And then having to deal with that bullshit, and now we'll just sell this, and it takes care of all our needs. Warranty stickers on Sega CD yeah. expansion I mean, this, ports. This takes care of everything except the Dreamcast and PlayStation games are selling, basically. Yeah, so I think that this makes a lot of sense for GameStop, actually. Um, you know, it's new in a box. Um if there's a problem, you send it back to GameStop, and within their warranty period, they send you another one, new in a box. Uh, it's it handles like like Pat said, that was going to be one of my main points. It handles a majority of the retro stuff that they are selling. It's an all-in-one solution. They don't have to worry about having their incredibly, incredibly uh, talented team of, uh, <laughs> of, of um, you know, with uh, their surgical gloves. With their surgical gloves, uh, you know, at the the, the refurbishment center, um, working on Nintendos and Super Nintendos and Sega Genesis systems. Uh, really, you just throw this in a shipping box and out the door it goes. And I can tell you, as a person who has sold these at a store for a few years now, um, there's really very little issues with these. Yes, the pins are tight. Don't step on the system when you're pulling the cartridge out. Uh, all things, all things considered, don't step on your system. Don't in general. ever. Um, all things considered, this is a pretty interesting move. I have to watch. I have to be a little bit more metered with this next part. Um, the pricing is interesting to me. Uh, the company that makes these uh, basically 
got where they got by distributing and selling to um, uh, brick and mortar stores, mom and pop, mom and pop, and on, and and and, uh, and and online stores that are li- like registered businesses. Sure, you can't go to Hyperkin and buy something unless you have a business license. Okay, you can't do it. Um. When the Retron 5 was announced, they said that they were going to keep it at a hun- under 100, which mm-hmm. everyone assumed was going to be uh, 100 at 99.99. Uh, then when it came, they about a month or two months before it came out, they said it was going to be 140. Mm-hmm. And it launched at 140. Mm-hmm. And two months into it having been launched, uh, the price rose to 160, stating that because of the production of this, they had to raise the price to 160. They had to redo the pins or whatever. Yeah, so the price became 160. Uh, eventually, you started seeing some places charging 160. Some places were charging 200. Um, you, start, you, you started seeing some places for a little while. You started seeing places charge over MSRP because these things were kind of tough to come by initially. And on the secondary market, people were buying them at retail and trying to get 250 for them, or yeah, 240, whatever. Uh, this is weird because this to me seems. Uh, I don't want to say shady. What's the word I'm looking for here, Pat? It seems kind of like an attack on on, on, on a mom and pop oh. or a brick and mortar store. Okay. We are still going to have to buy at our cost. We are still going to have to charge 160 Okay. Um, it's interesting because on Amazon right now, the list price is 140 but you can buy it for 123.50 with free shipping. Then maybe they're dropping them. We haven't had to order any in a couple months okay. since we had yeah, since we had some in. But I'll look. I mean, so if the prices are going down, the prices are going down. But, but still, the list price is still 140 according to Amazon. That, that definitely changed. I mean, okay. I know most walk-in stores were t- it was 160. So okay. we'll have to take a look at it. Um, Maybe they will drop the price. Maybe it will lower. I mean, we are year, we are two years, two years out of it, out of its manufacturing. Things do drop in price. FC Twins uh, and Retron Twos were a lot more but expensive. But you still early see on. this as a shot at the independent stores um, from Hyperkin. I don't know if it's Hyperkin necessarily as much as it is is GameStop, but it, it's definitely uh, undercutting. It's going to be harder to move these things for a mom and pop store now, unless sure. unless the prices have drastically fallen. Sure, but then again, you, you still have to ship these, and it's not going to be free shipping. So, in a mom and pop, they don't have to worry about shipping. I think, I think this is really not going to affect independent shops as much as trying to cater cater to those that are going to be for whatever. Stop looking for retro games at GameStop. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. You're not going to win the retro game lottery. For every one person that wins that weird lottery, people get fucked in the ass. You know, there's probably a 10 to 1 ratio of that happening. So it's for them, though, to say, oh, well, if you're looking for Genesis games, you need a Genesis. We may not have a Genesis in stock. You can buy the all-in-one. I mean, a $100 and, restaurant is, is not a bad deal. And think about, they they want people to buy this because they, they don't have to pay people to Get that shit. You have to pay for people to mail those systems in, to refurbish them, to get them back out. This is better for GameStop to do this versus selling individual systems. It's less bullshit. I wonder what kind of bulk they had to order in though to get it at ninety nine ninety nine. Let's just assume that the, the that the MSRP is going back down to one forty. Well, it's an online code, so it could be a, it could be a just a temporary thing. It could be something where, where you know, uh, GameStop doesn't care if they break even. To them, it's it's worth it. The hassle of of, of doing this versus selling all those individual. You know, you're, they're basically cutting out three systems by doing this that, for the retro games that they're doing. They're cutting out three out of the five systems that they're, that they're selling, right? So yeah. that to them is a win-win. I think, I think more importantly, yeah, what it is is that it, it 
it takes a huge load off of them. It removes a burden, yeah, and it removes a lot of areas where they could fuck up. And maybe they, you know, maybe they did order like twenty thousand of them, so they got a better deal from Hyperkin. Hyperkin's like, we don't care. We'll we'll sell how many, however many you want. We're making bank, you know. So <clears throat> we have a scumbag seller of the week. And if you it, didn't hear that, it's the scumbag seller of the week. Good. That'll that'll hit with the effects real nicely. <laughs> um, Vintage Games 1986 is selling reproduction carts on eBay, which is a big no-no, fella. Mm. Mm. It's big against, no-no. It's against eBay's terms of services to sell counterfeit items. And mm. let's look at this. So basically, it says Bonk's Adventure Nintendo Entertainment System 1994, $91, 14 bids. With, three, with, with almost four days left. It doesn't say anything in the title. Now, obviously, I don't think he can say anything in the title, otherwise it's going to get pulled down. Yeah, I think if you put repro or counterfeit or illegal yeah. or bullshit in, in the title, that it probably would be auto-flagged by, by eBay. So, so he's got it. Okay, let's go over what he has. Bonk's Adventure, NES, uh, DuckTales 2, 2, Bomberman 64 Second Attack, Snow Brothers, Earthbound, Mega Man 7 for Super Nintendo, Dinosaur Peak, you got to have a Dinosaur Peak, and a second Bomberman 64 Second Attack. Because, hey, a lot of people have two of them laying around. Yeah. One of the hardest to find in 64 games. So, like Ian said, it's not in the title that it's a repro. you got to scroll, 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 past all the detailed item info, product information, then it says reproduction cartridge. Please note the above disclaimer. I'm selling reproduction cartridges of Bonk's Adventure. The game works perfectly just like the original game would. This is not a cheap China reproduction cart. I soldered the PCB board myself and burdened the EEPROM to be this exact game. The label is a high-quality reproduction label. Why would you want a reproduction game? This game is very, very expensive. Most people will never see it in their collection. A reproduction cartridge is the next best thing to owning the original game without spending a fortune of money in doing so. Here's the problem. Most of the people bidding on this aren't scrolling down to see that it's a reproduction. Well, arguably they should. Of course they should. They should be. Um, and, and, I mean, I had a recent issue where I, I bid on something and, and won it, and uh, it came to me in a condition that I wasn't expecting because I was stupidly did not read the uh, actual product description. Sure. And, and to eBay is not doing anyone any favors. I've hated this forever by putting all of this bullshit right above... The product information? The pro- yeah, right above... You know, so so that you okay. have to really scroll down to get to this shit. However, my bigger issue with this is it's a reproduction cartridge, and it's all fine and dandy to tell you that right here, but I looked at the label, and the label doesn't say reproduction no, label on it anyways. Not. It's not even like one of the ones like we talked about months ago with the DuckTales, where it says reproduction no. label, or it has like funny call numbers, or you no. know, the little numbers. It's it's a straight up bootleg no. label. So this this guy's trying to game the system, and he's doing it because people are already bidding these up. This, the fucking Snow Brothers Reap was at 140-150, with almost four days left. So what do you think's happening? Do you think people are people aren't using auto bidders and, and they're um, just searching for a title? I think they're just searching for it and they're looking. Oh, they're, they're looking at it and they're not being discerning. The label. You look at the label, and if you do the close up, it looks shady. But I think people are making the assumption that, hey, there's not supposed to be counterfeit games on eBay. Right. They're not supposed to be listed. They're supposed to be down. This is on eBay as well as well as this asshole. This is an AliExpress. Yeah, uh, he's using it as his AliExpress basically. So. This is where you get back to people saying, you know, repro labels don't hurt anyone. You can say buyer beware. Oh, yeah, all that. But this shit, we shouldn't have to yeah. say this shit to begin with. And you say it, but then it's like, again, this is not an original game. However, it is the same exact game program on the chip. The game offers the same play hyphen ability then put a fucking as the original. Then do a different label. And, but no, 
he prides himself on this. It offers the same playability as the original and looks exactly like the original. It's counterfeit. Yeah. This is a reproduction cartridge is how he ends it. He's talking out of two sides of his fucking mouth. All right, so Vintage Games, 1986. You're going to fool someone for a little bit, but they're going to get the game. They're going to file, hopefully, a complaint with PayPal and or eBay and have your account taken down, and you'll be out of the uh, cartridge, and the people hopefully get their money back that you happen to trick. And you'll be stuck with a pile of bullshit that you'll then probably try to poison the fucking well with, which is exactly why um, no one should collect for the NES ever, ever again. And then you don't have to deal with a guy trying to pawn it off in a, in a stack of 30 games. Yeah, I'll be like, can I open this with a screwdriver? And he'll fucking flip out and, you know, accuse me of, you know, calling him a liar, and then I'll open it. What do you say? I would have told you they were repros. And I'll be like, oh, Come on, these, dude. these soldered wires sure don't look proper. <laughs> fucking idiots. This was a cool story just because it's something that you kind of knew about in the past, but now it's been more confirmed that this is... I actually thought it was true, like, five, years, five six years ago, and I'm glad to know that it actually is. I, 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 mis- I erroneously thought that it had been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt because the links were so, so true. So a shadow. A shadow, yes. There's always been talk that Michael Jackson... Uh, had a con- uh, considerable hand in the uh, soundtracking of, okay, I know where you're going of, of Sonic 3. Okay. Um, and that has basically been proven 100% true as of a few days ago. Off of a Huffington Post article, really in-depth article with research. Um, Michael Jackson was a huge fan of the Sonic games and a fan of Sega in general. Yeah, this Moonwalker game in the arcade and on Genesis. Anyone who who knew anything about uh, he was in the commercials. Yes, um, and people who know a little bit more about Michael Jackson know that knew that he had, I believe, it was a two or three story arcade uh, on Neverland yes. that was almost entirely Sega um, arcade they machines. Just, they just auctioned off that stuff a couple years ago yep. in a big auction. So. Um, a lot of people were trying to find these. The, they noticed that uh, some of the, the the music cues in the game sounded a lot like Michael Jackson songs, and it turns out they were. Um, the team that was credited for the music um, is Brad Buxer, Bobby Brooks, Doug Gris- Grigsby uh, the Third, Daryl Ross, Jeff Grace, and Soroko Jones. Uh, Brad Buxer uh, worked with Michael Jackson on the Dangerous album. So there's your 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 first link, um, and basically uh, Michael Jackson wanted to go to Sega, and he uh, where they were developing Sonic the Hedgehog three. He went in, uh, got to see it, got to talk with the people who were working on it a little bit, and I believe it was Bucks or someone had asked him, "Hey, do you want to work on the soundtrack for this?" And Michael Jackson was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I do want to work. Yeah, it sounds cool. Why not? It's a video game." Yeah. So. I mean, I'm simplifying what is a very not simple story that I think people will probably read up on more if they're interested. But uh, over time, he did. He worked on it. He uh, would 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 hum out melodies, and you know, he would produce music. He would. He was one of the few. He was the only For- person really in this group that played games. He would go and he'd play Sonic Two, and kind of get himself in this mindset to write video game music. But they did it at a very high level. He wrote all of his music like he would write music right, for songs. an album. Yeah, like he would write music for for an album. And according to Buxer, I mean, this this happened over four weeks in '93, and Jackson wouldn't even call him at night to share late at night to share ideas and sing melodies that would get into the game. So like, he was really into this, into it. which is great. I mean, great that he's really into it. Like, he was excited to do this. So the reason, so people are, you know, well, if 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 Michael Jackson was soundtracking 
a huge game for you. Why why wouldn't you talk about it? Why wouldn't you put that in the game and advertise on it? You know? And there are two there are two theories behind it, and, and honestly, both sound equally feasible to mm-hmm. me, uh, both knowing things about Michael Jackson and, and things around that time. Uh, that was when Michael Jackson was accused of, uh, for the first time, of child molestation. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you are not really going to want to launch your new big game uh, touting that one of the key people who soundtracked it is a famous pop star who is currently crashing and burning because he's been accused of fondling boys. Um, the other thing is, is Michael Jackson... Allegedly. Michael Jackson is, uh, was, was, was a known perfectionist. And Michael Jackson was not particularly happy with how the music sounded uh, when it was squashed down to Genesis-style chiptunes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at this point, I'm not really sure what Michael Jackson was was, was, was wanting here. I mean, he's yeah. played video games before. His music was in Moonwalker. Yeah. Like, I mean, five, what, five of his tracks were in Moonwalker? And, 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 <laughs> and it's known that he played games. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding of the technology or what, but there's word that he was not happy with how it sounded and did not want his name on the game. Now, it was not said that he wanted his He did not say he needed wanted his music taken out, but he did not want his name on the music. And I think what happened was during that time, because of the molestation charges, basically everyone at Sega said, yeah, all of his music was taken out. They said they used a lot of samples from his beatboxing that he did. Yeah. And used it as cues, so there you go. but, But they said that they did it, that everything was taken out. However, the development team... The original pa- the music team passed it off, I believe, to another team, and they said flat out, we did not rewrite all of it like we were told to. We used a considerable amount of the music that was originally in there, and Michael Jackson's music is absolutely in Sonic the Hedgehog. And some of the tracks ended up being songs, songs that he did later, anyway, on. later on. He's like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to use it in a song on an album. Yeah, the ending credit uh, track in 3 is, um, oh God, I can never remember the name. Uh, Stranger, uh, in, Stranger Moscow. in Moscow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there it is. And this is all stuff that, you know, was basically, you know, solidified a few years back when you, when you, when people started overlaying music on top of it and people knew about his, his trips to, to Sega. But to basically have people who were there say, yes. Finally, yes. Yes, I did. I, we did not scrub Michael Jackson's music entirely from the game. So what you are hearing is stuff that he composed. Which is pretty cool. It's a cool story. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's, it's sad how Michael Jackson got accused of all this stuff, and obviously, he was never convicted of anything. But when there's tons of smoke, there's probably at least a little fire. That's why I always say when it comes to this stuff, allegedly. But yeah, it's, but he was also he was obviously a great musician. Can't deny him that. All right, this is a, a story that. We're not going to come actually come down at Capcom for being bad guys for the DLC ones. We know that they sell their sprites, you know, the sp- sprite swaps for like two dollars each and stuff that's actually should be criminalized. I don't think it's a sprite swap anymore. Well, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> We're going to sell you a blue yes. blue blue pants for two dollars. That I got click the button and there you go. The the pants palette changed. So, Street Fighter Five is launching shortly, and it's going to launch however Street Fighter has with its roster. There's going to be individual story modes for each of the characters. You know, your basic arcade playthrough with a start and an end. Um, but over the past few years, fighting games, especially... I, I kind of hate to say it, but what one's, the, um, one's done by Warner Brothers, uh, like uh, the um, Injustice games, uh, the Mortal Kombat games for sure, uh, games like uh, Blaze Blue 
and uh, Blaze Blue did it really well, um, have really started to invest a lot of time into their single-player story modes. Uh, some, like Blaze Blue, do it with branching paths. Uh, some, like uh, the Mortal Kombat games, do it exceptionally well. It's done like a movie, where uh, there's dialogue, there's talking, Cut there's scenes. cinematics with in-game engine, and then it translates to the next fight, like an action movie. You fight, and then you see a little bit more story. And uh, Street Fighter V is going to have something like that. And it's not going to be there uh, immediately. But as they said, that their DLC, you can pay for some, but it will all be available in one way or another for free. This is going to be an absolutely free download for anyone who buys the game. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be the first time in game form that Street Fighter has had a really fleshed out story mode. I mean... There's a at, at this point, of course, there's obviously a story to Street Fighter, but it's never been done in in, in, in this manner. Well, usually the story is right after the fact. Yeah. After Street Fighter One comes after Street Fighter Two, they say uh, Ryu won the first one and beat Saget. Right. And that's the story of Street Fighter One. And Street Fighter Two, what the hell? I don't know what the, even what the story is. But I guess they make them up as they go along for the next story. What happened to the last time? Well, three apparently still hasn't happened yet. If you're in the current timeline. Oh really? Three happens after five. Who yeah. who won two then? I don't know. Whatever. I just, Was there a story I just play the goddamn games. No, I don't know. Did M, the, well, according to the movies, Van Damme as... as, as uh... Kylie Minogue and Van Damme, <laughs> you know, save the day. Yeah, save the day. <laughs> that should be that's, That should be the official one. They go to Shadowloo and <laughs> Raul Julia's M. Bison. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. They also do detail a little bit more of what they will do with other DLC, which is, I think, what ever, everyone figured they would do. Um, you can earn in-game money by playing. Um... And you can use that money to purchase the uh, all the all the balance patches are going to be free, but certain DLC such as uh, new characters and whatnot you can either pay up front immediately to get it, or you can use in-game currency if you have accrued enough. And they said that they're going to try to make it so that if people are playing regularly, they will have enough to pick it up. So, for instance, they say that if you if you attack the majority of the single-player content that's available with the game at launch. When the first downloadable character is available a month from then, you will likely have enough money to get it, uh, in-game currency to get it for free. So it's not a complete return to how, how things used to be, but I do believe it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I know tournament players, and because I got flack for it for not understanding it the first time, I do understand now why tournament players will not be happy with this if they do not have the, the funds necessary. If they've been playing online and not single player and doing challenges and they've just been maining a character, they're not going to have the funds immediately available. They're not going to want to grind just to buy a new character. Okay. They're going to want it right then well, and there. What's surprising me is it sounds like in the past you had to buy these upgrade packs in order to, to rebalance the game. Well, no. Well, sort of. 2000, uh, 2012 Arcade Edition was a balance pack that came with characters. It came with two characters. So it was still somewhat similar uh, to getting like a like a, a a turbo or a super. Sure. Like it was like another release. But once you rebalance the characters, that should be across all the iterations though. It should. Not yes. doing that's criminal because that that's changing the core gameplay itself. That's but, not a bonus. And that's why they t- no, I agree. And that's why the 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 one fellow in here talks about it is uh you know, it splintered all these people to who me, are that's playing. Like a, that's like fixing, fixing a bug to me is, is rebalancing. That's basically what the right. same thing is. Well, and that's that's kind of the criminal thing with this. They they gave you an evil Ryu and a new version of like a 
Akuma, I can't remember what they called it. And, you know, that was how they kind of charged you for the balance updates. So that stuff appears to be gone. All right. Thank you, Capcom, for doing one nice good thing in the past three years that I can think of. You know, they're probably going to cancel another Mega Man game next week just to keep it balanced out. I don't think there's any announced to cancel, but, you know, whatever. There's not a whole lot to say on this. However, this is incredibly interesting. Um, Mario Advance 4 Super Mario Bros. 3 was a game that was released on the Game Boy Advance, and uh, it was your standard port of Mario 3 with some better graphics, the ability to save, uh, some multiplayer using the original Mario Bros. arcade game. However, it incorporated the use of the e-reader on the Game Boy Advance. And with the uh, purchase of cards, you could scan cards in to play brand new Mario 3 levels that were made by the level designers at Nintendo. Problem was that the cards were incredibly not durable. Scanning them in was a pain in the ass. They come in the packs? Yeah, they came in little foil packs, just like baseball cards. Just like the other games did when you swipe the games for, like, Ice Climb or whatever? They were hard to find, and uh, there were ones that were only available in Japan. So what they did was uh, they released this on the Wii U eShop recently, and they packaged with it all of the e-reader levels, including the Japanese ones. My understanding is that this not only... Not only is this cool, but my understanding is that this actually took quite a bit of effort on Nintendo's part to actually create a ROM that had all of this in there um, while basically keeping it the same, basically without making it a new game, but to get all of this information attached. Um, This is great because people no longer have to print out flimsy versions of cards on a high-quality printer. That they're doing before, they're finding them scan cards. You you can find scans and print them out and cut them. Um, You don't have to try to find the ones from Japan. You don't have to get an e-reader to scan in a level every single time you want to play it. It's all there for you now. And I think that's a really nice concession. That's a really nice thing on Nintendo's part. Because they didn't have to do it, and people would have bought this shit anyway. Absolutely not. This is the positive side of emulation that you sometimes forget about. They do stuff like this. Right. You know, otherwise, if you you didn't, you wouldn't be able to play it on a a Wii U. You wouldn't. Yeah, I plan on getting this. Mario 3 is my favorite Mario, and uh, I have not played any of these damn levels. It has upgraded graphics as well. It has slightly upgraded graphics. They they, they look like uh, All-Stars. Like All-Stars? Yeah, I I didn't even know about this until you told me about it. So 38 levels, and supposedly they're pretty good, too, the levels. You know, you're talking about the original creators. These aren't just, like, fan-made levels. No. Um, um, So it's going to be in a separate... Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. I guess you're going to have the regular game, and then they'll have like a menu selection to right. go through it. Maybe a description of each one. They had to add that. I mean, yeah, so these are all... They had to, they, make, they had to make a whole new ROM, a whole new game, basically. These, these are things that they had to put some significant effort into. This is not this is not a ROM dump of, you know, uh, Metroid Fusion, and, and just up it goes. And it's seven ninety nine, which is... Re- usually I say it's not reasonable for something like this, but the fact that they're marrying this whole other, uh, you know, extra level... If you, wanna, into this. if you want to play this officially without going through a huge, huge amount of effort, seven ninety nine is basically, in my opinion, nothing to be able to do this. This has been our Nintendo sponsored segment. <laughs> advertising, yeah, I, I felt like that. <laughs> yeah. Advertising Sorry. Super Mario Advance Four available now <clears throat> on the eShop. <laughs> okay, so this next one is interesting to me, uh, particularly, and I'll try to keep it short in case it's not interesting to anyone else, but uh, the discovery of weird or new or interesting hardware is something that's always kind of fun to discuss. Uh, This was tipped off to me by my buddy Sign of Zeta over at the PCFX forums, um, where there's more to look into. A 
what looks like a PC Engine Duo was recently sold on eBay. Um, but upon further inspection, it does not look to be that at all. Now, a PC uh-huh. Engine Duo is uh, the Japanese version of the Turbo Duo, which was a successor to the TurboGrafx-16. It was a TurboGrafx-16 with the CD attachment on board. So that's what the PC Engine Duo is. It's 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 the uh, it's it's the Japanese version of that. Um, the Duo R, which is what this looks like, was a follow-up to the original PC Engine Duo that fixed uh, all the capacitor issues that plagued the original PC Engine Duo, which also plagued the Turbo uh, Duo itself. Which was the dark gray system, the front loader. Correct. Uh, tray. So. When you first take a look at this, you look at it, and it doesn't look any different immediately than a normal PC Engine Duo R, mm-hmm. except for when you look at the text, you immediately notice that it says PC Duo. Uh, that's odd, because this shell has never existed in that form, where it simply says PC Duo. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that's weird about it. Now, you could say, well, maybe it was a misprint, maybe something weird. However, what's stranger about this is when you look at the bottom of it, and there's a picture of the bottom with the stickers, um, what you have are product codes that are U.S. product codes on this. And the product code is the direct follow-up, sequentially, to the U.S. Turbo Duo. Um, it also says that it's supposed to be used with an AC adapter that was never produced that has a follow-up uh, product code to the power adapter for the Turbo Duo. Uh, that's incredibly weird because neither of these things, I mean, have ever been seen. Um, it's also interesting to note that the bottom of the system has FCCC comp- FCC compliance information all over the bottom of it which would not be something that would, would would appear on the bottom of a Japanese system. So we have a Japanese shell with a sort of Japanese name on it that never appeared on this shell with US FCC information on it, US US product codes and a manufacture date of June 1993. Which is after the Turbo Duo was basically dead in the water. Yeah, the, the Turbo Duo stopped production in the fall of 92. Um, by this point in 93, uh, TTI bought out everything in the U.S. What was it 90, early 92, I believe, mm-hmm. or late 91? Uh, they basically took over the operations of, of all the Turbo stuff in the U.S. And at that point, they put out I don't know, only 25 more games or 20 games, and there were mail order games, and that's where the magical chase is so hard to find because they didn't make a lot of them. Um, so. The question is this then. You have a serial number on here that's three six three zeros and one five one P. Is that P a, stand for a prototype? Is it just production? One fifty one of these potentially were made? And this is the first one we're hearing about. Was it uh something that was being shown to retailers saying, Hey, we have this coming out? If that's the case, it doesn't make any freaking sense because it was a dead system. That makes no sense. It was a dead system by then. Why would it be branded as a PC Duo when for the past four years, since 89, it was known as a Turbo Graphics or Turbo Duo? Doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. No. That's um, why I find uh, this so fascinating, because not a goddamn list so, of this makes any sense. So on the PC Engine FX forums, which I used to go on a little bit, and they seem nice for the most part, there was one theory that this was designed to be an add-on to a, to a PC. To interface with a PC via cable, 
then you can put your games in there and play them on the PC. On the surface, that could make sense to have a different branded name to do that. But then, what? How would the technology be that much different than just doing a normal uh, CD-ROM? Unless you can also then play these games, you know, put the hue card in, and then also play it on your computer. Yeah, but, but it, there's a, there's a, a more practical thing that, that, that I didn't even. I mean, it, it, it's kind of. This is assuming in '93 that there are people who still held on to all of their TurboGrafx stuff. Sure. I mean, by '93, it was the hardest of the hardcore that were into TurboGrafx. There's, yeah. a, there's a reason why all those US CD Turbo Duo games are impossible to find. The production runs were probably in the low thousands at most uh, for those. Right. They're, they're not out there. You don't find Bonk Three CD. No one freaking has it. I've seen it once or twice in my life. There, are, there were certainly people playing it, but what I'm assuming is like, is for a, for a product that could have potentially been mass produced, you're assuming that people are going to have. Piles of stuff to play on this stuff that isn't really that's not sold in stores anymore. No. So what is this? My my guess, my initial only specialty shops like Electronic Boutique stuff like that would carry, but not Toys R Us for sure. You'd have a tough time finding it. My only weird guess, and I I I don't even think this makes sense. I mean, but that's the thing. I really want something to make sense here. Is that it could have been for people who bought a Turbo Duo and experienced capacitor issues. Mm-hmm. And when contacting technical support, this could have perchance been a replacement system that had because this this if this is in the the Duo R shell, then my guess is that it would have the same fixes that the Duo R had and that this could have been used as a replacement system for people who complained about their Turbo Duo having capacitor issues. So it's like those few Nintendo um, Model 2s that have the AV fix on them. Yeah, that's how I kind of mentioned that to you last Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you'd have to get in touch with them. They'd have to rig something. So, But then my question is then, if it says 151 on them, does it mean that they sent out 151 fixes that we don't know about any until now? They had to go through FCC for this, and I'm sure that cost them money. I'm sure that wasn't a, it's not a free process to go through FCC, you know, all over again regulations and make sure it's power compliant and everything else, and it's not going to blow up your house if you plug it into the wall, you know, and all the signals are right and everything else, all that stuff. I'm sure that's not free. But then why is it, why is it not have the dash R on the, and, and just have the who knows? Duo. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make none of it makes sense. And on the back it says NEC PC Duo. So I mean, it's just it's those it's are the strange. those are the two theories I think make the most sense that Meany came up with. Yeah, and yeah. I'd love to find out more. Uh, I mean, it is possible that it's a hoax, but it just seems like such a weird hoax to go through with, especially since it'd be something that no one would know about. Right, ninety nine percent of people wouldn't know about it. If if this guy, yeah. I mean, if if anyone was trying to hoax someone, it didn't work. I don't. I mean, I, I certainly don't think the seller was trying to hoax anyone. He got about normal or slightly above normal for what a, a, a PC Engine Duo R would go for. So maybe a three or four people eagle eyed saw it. Be like, what's going on here? Yeah, what's what's the few, deal for the chance that it could be something special? What's odd is I, I immediately checked the bottom of my. PC Engine Duo R just to see what it is. Um, the NEC info on the bottom of mine is actually imprinted in the plastic, and there are there are spaces for I spit. There are spaces for these stickers, but there are no stickers on it. Sure. So I, I don't know. The whole thing is I, just very very bizarre. I, I think I think if this if this was an interface to hook up with a PC, I think that makes the most sense. 
But then you just have a system sitting on top of your PC that's plugging into your PC. I know. It's, no, I know. Which is why they never came out with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because your, your, your PC, you can buy a CD-ROM, but then again, in 93, not all computers had a PC-ROM yet. A, P, uh, a PC CD-ROM. You yet. make a good point. And not that, until about probably 96, 97 did it become more standard. And this is still in the era where the Sega CD was billing itself as a CD player. So you could, I mean... So if you, say you have a freaking... <clears throat> 1993 Gateway 2000 or Dell. I'm just saying that has it still has a three and a half. Hell, some still had a five and a quarter in, by 93. Yep. This is your solution because a CD-ROM. I told I, they were expensive. They were like two, three hundred dollars for a, a one or two X CD-ROM drive. Yeah. My sound, the Sound Blaster 16 pack we got, which had a Sound Blaster 16 sound card and uh, C, uh, CD-ROM, two X CD-ROM, and the pack of uh, you know like six or seven CD-ROM tiles. It was like two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. So what if this was a solution? Maybe they would charge 150 for this. I don't know. You come out with something, hook up to to your computer, and then it plays your CD games. And whoever has whoever could find Turbo Graphics games by '93, the Hue cards, and maybe they would have bundled it with some software. Yeah, it's, it's not out of the, it's not it's not out of, realm, out of realm of possibility. Maybe in Japan they had a bunch of these laying around still, and they figure, hey, we we do a cable that retrofits to a to a um, Interfaces with I don't know how, but interfaces to a computer with uh, a, a PS2 port, you know. Or, but you'd have or, to assume this was tested port. before it was sold, so that means it would have they whoever or had prototype it would have or whatever. Yeah. Or, the know, strangest man. thing is the manufacturer date is the biggest. Thank God it has a manufacturer date because it makes you know that okay, this was after the, the, the Turbo Duel was dead right. in the U.S. So this is something else. The only question remains is what is this for? That's that's what the question is. Is was this either prototype for a computer or was this a fix? It was made to keep me up all night. Were you really, were you, was it, this, is most, this is the most exciting PC this Engine is, news in 20 years, folks. I find this stuff exciting. I mean, it's my favorite system. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it, and I, I mean, it's it's fun to kind of just knock it around in my head. Like, especially because it, it's totally a what the fuck. This is not No, it is. This is not... The, the FCC and the, the FCC info and the U.S. product numbers... Coupled with the manufacture date, really make you go. This is fucking insane. I, I, it, but it also makes you wonder if this is a prototype. Why would they go through even stamping the it with a production I on it? I don't know. And, and doing the FCC and doing a, a product code that was totally different. We don't. None know. of it makes any sense. All we have is what we see. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it is. But but at the end of the day, this is gonna get four thousand views because no one gives a shit about the PC Engine and stuff like this. I kid the PC Engine FX forums. I used to go on your site until a couple of you guys somehow said to me that making reproduction manuals was somehow okay for rare games and I thought that was really strange. I love the PC Engine. It's my favorite system. Don't give me shit for this one. Turbo so, is my second favorite system. I've always said that. Okay. <laughs> You're ready to jump across the table. <laughs> okay. This one's a bit more a little downbeat. Somber. But we, we but this is a jump off point. So if you follow Total Biscuit, <clears throat> we've covered him before. He, he reviews PC games. He, he's big for uh, consumer advocacy. He's been attacked by game companies over his reviews and DMCAing his reviews because he was honest about stuff. So he's always in the news for something. Yeah, he did a pretty good review with Steven Totello of Totaku right after all the gamer games, Gamergate stuff happened. He actually had a pretty good conversation about where you can go in terms of ethics and gaming journalism and where we're at and things and uh, of that nature. So some people like him, some people don't like him. I think overall he does a, a serviceable job, and it's an important job for things he does. But this isn't talking about what he does. This is talking about just him as a person and his announcement, which is that he's done with social media 
um, for a very good reason, besides that it's got so toxic. But the fact that, if you didn't know, uh, Total Biscuit has, has had cancer he, uh, last year and the year before. I think he, he went through rounds of chemotherapy, and the cancer's returned. And I think he said it, it was on his liver, and he's going through chemotherapy again soon. So that, coupled with the fact that he has a subreddit that seems to be more focused on things he says versus the things he actually does in his reviews, he's saying, fuck it to social media, fuck it to posting stuff on Twitter or checking Facebook and doing everything like that and trying to enjoy what potentially can be, sadly, the last few years of his life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've never always... I haven't always seen eye to eye with him, but the, the, what, 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 what it comes down to is um, two things. Social media is highly toxic. And wherever you stand, you're going to get shit for something. And the bigger the target you are, the more you're going to get. Um, and the cancer, going back into chemotherapy, uh, he said that he may only have two to three years left to live. He's intending to outlive that, but that's what the doctors are saying. But <clears throat> what he's realizing is that social media is not making him feel any better. It's not, it's not helping him in any way, shape, or form. Um, and he actually kind of moved it away from the cancer fairly quickly uh, to, to kind of not make it, a, to kind of talk about it in a broader sense, which was that um, people feel kind of entitled to a certain level of interaction with, with, with uh, especially internet celebrities. Mm -hmm. uh, a certain amount of... Uh, you know, uh, access to their personal lives and, uh, it's draining and it's draining him and it, it has left him miserable. And that on top of the fact that he really wants to spend time with his wife and his kid and wants to, you know, focus on getting healthier and wants to, like I said, like you said, at, at worst focus on, you know, the last few years of his life. Uh, it just makes sense to, to say, fuck it and walk away. Sure. And I don't, I don't think people realize sometimes that, I mean, how all in, there. I, I have plenty of friends who don't understand Twitter, or they they use it once in a blue moon, or they don't understand Facebook. I don't think people realize how all encompassing, or how how engrossing, how big of a part of your life that stuff can be if you let it. Yes. Especially if you if your work, if the body of what you are known for mm -hmm. is internet-based. And social media and Instagram and wherever the hell Snapchat's supposed to be, so I still haven't figured that out, and things like that. If that's what your existence relies upon, and your, fr and your friend base and social base, which a lot of people it does, and your reputation, then yeah, it can become an all-encompassing drain on you. you. You feel like you have to do it because, uh, and, I th and that's what he said, and, and, and I very much respect what he's what he's said about all this you feel like he feels like he, he felt like he had to do it because this is his job this is how he makes money he makes money by getting views if he doesn't get views he doesn't make money what's the easiest way to keep views coming in is to be a personality that's there that's talking to people that's that that's that's staying engaged well, or at least to be available right to be available so one of his big issues was his like i said his subreddit uh, before a couple <laughs> days before he announces he said that the, you know the reddit is people are uh, critiquing me, and I, now I gotta go and read every time someone criticizes me and take your view into account. Why? Like, why do I have to do that? Right. Why is that necessary for me to do that? And, like, the argument against that, which she brings up, which I always wanted to say to some people, 
uh, where, where people go, oh, you can't take criticism. And he's like, okay, fine, I can't take it. I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. It's more important that I focus on me versus your, your criticism doesn't really mean anything in the long run. Right. My work means something, yes, but my life is more. And, and my sanity and my energy being put towards what's proper, which is fighting cancer, spending time with my family, and just living life, is a hell of a lot more important than me paying attention to your criticism. Yeah, basically, it's not even so much that he can't take the criticism. It's, it's the realization that their criticism doesn't mean shit, so why no. the fuck should he pay attention to it? In the grand it? scheme, it's absolutely meaningless. Yeah. What, what, what means something is his immediate health, and the people he loves around him. Yeah. So the virtual world, Twitter, the YouTube comments, it exists in a vacuum. Right. It doesn't follow you to a restaurant. It doesn't follow you when you're, uh, you know, hanging out with your wife or your husband or your kids. It it doesn't matter. It only matters when you're looking at it, when you're there with it, when you're outside of it and pull back, it disappears. Yep. Uh, and apparently, and I've talked about it with you. Uh, so for some people, it can be very hard to separate it out, mm-hmm. to sort of sort of say, okay, here's a blockade, and once I pass through that barrier, uh, it's gone. I mean, I'm lucky where, like, I'm just, I guess, some people think I'm an asshole in general, or a punk, or whatever else, where the nickname comes from, is that really, your opinion at the end of the day, while it could be good, it's not going to affect me overall. Right. I'm going to be the same person I am, and continue to do what I'm doing. Doesn't mean I'm not going to take nothing into account, but overall... I could live without it. I hate to say it. That's what it comes down to. It, 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 I mean, it, that was that was difficult when I first started doing the podcast, and I learned quickly to put that barrier up. I gotta tell and, you, you can't pay attention to it. Uh, I mean, not, yeah. I do, and I, I throw or, punches. Or, 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 or you I, can throw or, punches, but in the day after you leave no, a comment, the point? Yeah. I don't care. I don't remember comments I left two days ago. I no. couldn't tell you what I said two and days ago. And I no ago. longer do. I, if I leave a comment, I, I, I that's basically where it is. I leave something stupid, and then I, I walk away from it. But it's also yeah. why these days I will... And I do it regularly now. I will walk away from Twitter for three, four, five days just mm-hmm. because I get more done. I, I pay more attention to outside. It, yeah. It's just it, you it's, shut it off and you really do realize how little that stuff means. It's always a damn if, if you do, damn if you don't. Because people always complain, oh, why don't you respond to your fans? Why don't you interact with your fans more? Well, it takes time to do that. Uh, in order to do that, then you have to sift through the waste to get through the people that you actually want to talk to. Because the vast majority of people don't have time to leave comments. The vast majority will watch your videos or enjoy your work and not leave a, a, a comment. Or if they do, it'll be a quick, you know, this is cool, like on Twitter or whatever. But on YouTube, though, it's like this whole subculture uh, where uh, people will just post stuff to be funny or snarky, which is fine. That's right. Do that. People look for, to create their own memes, and you understand that. But there's people that just do it to be nasty. Yeah. So, and then sometimes they spin it, well, I'm really, it's really criticism. You know, and it's like, even if it is, it's like, if I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to deal with it. More often than not, I, I've had a ton of fun on Twitter, and even sometimes in the YouTube comment section, like meeting people and talking with people. But uh, I, I totally respect his his decision where he's coming from, and could see. I'm not trying to say that it's ever affected me in the way that it probably has affected him. But what I oh I, yeah, because he's I, huge. I, but I can see. I can see where it yeah. snowballs into something yeah. intolerable. Because you, you can see the smaller part of it, because yes. you've seen the, the very minute part of it. I can it. see the... And, the, he, and he's a guy that has... I can see the pebble that turns yeah. into the boulder at the bottom. And he's a guy that has, you know, half a million Twitter <laughs> followers, whatever, and millions of YouTube right. uh, subscribers. Yeah. Um, so, I don't. he said, I don't think... I, 
I don't think I need to read your internet criticism of me. I think I'll live longer if I don't. There, that's a great reason right there. And yeah. That should be the end. I'm yeah. sure people probably still go on, but, well, I'm important too. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not important. Sorry, you're not. <laughs> not you're not as important as, not as his him. life. No, not, you're yeah. not. And you know what? That should be the, pro- the priority, meaning living longer. I don't want to leave my life and son behind. I don't want to do it. I don't want to leave my friends behind. I don't want to leave my job behind. I don't want to leave my pets behind. I don't want to leave my family behind. No, if that's the price that I don't read your feedback or I don't take your criticism into account, I'm going to pay that price. I will happily pay that price. Right. Because it's draining. If it's draining, if it can be draining on a a small level to uh, people that don't have as, as many followers, and I've seen people get... I've seen drama and people say I'm sick of dealing with this when they have no followers or a very minute part. This is a guy that's one of the bigger YouTuber guys uh, out there and, that has to deal with and it. What, and honestly, and it, I don't want this to come off wrong, what price is it really for him to pay? I, I feel like that's almost a sarcastic comment because at the end of the day, the moment he makes that decision and sticks to it, he's going to be a much happier person. He's gonna be, yeah, he's going to be a better person. It's not person. a price. Someone's well, paying him, well, essentially. The price is that the fear of reprisal from a large group of the community that will no longer follow you because you're not going to interact with them, which to me is in- incredibly arrogant to think that that's... He's that... dying of terminal cancer. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and these are people before that knew it. This wasn't new. Right. People knew he had cancer a couple oh, years ago. So these people are bloodsuckers. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. They want their sort of... They want to feel important by... Uh, having criticism be taken into account by a guy that really shouldn't have the time to begin with if he has all these followers and stuff going on and and has to deal with everything else. But please listen to me. Just please listen to me. I, I am important. So, you know, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, great decision on, on his part. What did Chris Pratt say about the comments are bullshit? Remember? That? Comments are bullshit. <laughs> comments are bullshit. Doesn't mean you can't have a funny comment or something that we laugh at, but overall, comments are bullshit. Which, which is simply just a way of saying... They don't matter in, yeah, the long, they don't. in the grand scheme of things. All right. Some Wonder Woman footage was first released. I, it was on some CW show. It was probably, you know, The Flash, something like that. And it was like a minute, 20 seconds. I'm sure it's part of a larger special that's going to have a support. But it's uh, I'm not sure the guy who t- who's talking to, to Kevin Smith about uh, what's behind Wonder Woman. And this is an origin story of an origin that most people don't know about. That, yes, she's an Amazon warrior. And the fact that uh, the Amazons were supposed to protect humanity, and they set back, and now they're back in. So basically what's happening is that Gal Gadot, who's going to be um, premiering her version of Wonder Woman in Ian's favorite upcoming film, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, directed by the veritable, honorable Zack Snyder. She's going to have a spin-off movie that is already freaking finished and is going to come out in 2017. There's something really weird going on, first of all. This isn't hating on uh, the DC movies. That These movies are coming out like one and a half to two years after they finished filming, it's just really strange that they're yeah. doing this. They they finished filming Batman v, v Superman like a, a over a, over a year ago. It was our first topic when we've they first doing, announced Ben Affleck. We've been doing this for like two and a half years. That movie was That's that true. movie's been done forever. They started filming it in either late 2013 or early 2014. So we're talking two because years. By like our second or third episode, there was already like a picture of him in the Batmobile. Like I mean, yes. this, this remember is the not, sad Batman? That was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like two years ago. Yeah, this yeah. is not this is yeah this is not a movie that just wrapped. Didn't it just wrap? <laughs> oh my god! Don't copy that, floppy. <laughs> so, so what's interesting is that. This, to me, on the surface, looks like their version 
of Ca- DC's version of Captain America First Avenger. Very, very much so. Not just because she, she has a shield like Captain America, but she's fighting the Germans in what looks like to be World War One. so it's, it looks like it's a, it's a period piece, mostly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be set... Uh, most, all the footage for the minute and a half only looked like it was set during World War One. I'm guessing it was World War One, not by World War Two, by a few subtle clues. And it has that sort of bluish tint that all the Snyder universe movies that we love, <laughs> you love it. But they usually do that though with World War Two films, like Senate Private Ryan, things like that. They put that filter on that it's in the past, sort of gloomy look. Uh, so I'm not going to get on it totally for that. Uh, I'm just going to discuss the fact that I still don't buy Gal Gadot in the role. I just still don't. Um, and I want to though talk about some really strange comments. Yeah. Oh, we can also talk about the fact that Kevin Smith is in this minute twenty and looks like he's totally out of place. Why not? Just smiling like looks like they, I better smile because DC's gonna kill me if I don't. They've got a fucking uh, uh, they got a kettle <laughs> prod against his back. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want me to read this comment because okay. this is this is fuck. This is, okay. I, and I will say that honestly, looking at the movie, looks fucking better than anything else that's been put out so far. Uh, in, in the DC universe, yeah, in the DC universe. Well, one one movie and two on the way, but yes. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying from trailers, all that stuff. It it looks watchable. Uh, not that I'm going to just whatever. I think okay. So this is this is what's being said by by Wonder Woman star Chris Pine, who's playing uh, the, the boy from what street, uh, Steve Trevor. I think what's really neat about it is that with all of the Thors and the Captain Kirks, I feel like with men at the helm, it's always this kind of revenge cycle thing. It's an eye for an eye. We're going to go get the bad guys, and the bad guys are defeated. But I think it's really lovely having a woman at the helm of something like this. It's just by virtue of her being a woman, there's a great deal more compassion. <laughs> this is fucking awful. Love at the center of the story, which for something as big as... Uh, for something as big as a film as this is going to be, with the kind of eyes that will watch it, I think it's wonderful. The little bit we can do to inch this universe towards something not as aggressive and as violent as this world can be. While she's beating up German soldiers. It's just so fucking weird. Once again, I mean, it's straight down the middle. She's a woman, there's love and compassion, because guys can't have that as in a role, and because women can't have a, a, a vengeful, let's go for the jugular type of role. It's just an incredibly stupid base thing to say like there's there's just nothing so, to it so originally i thought that was the since it's a woman director i thought that's what he was referring to but it looks like he was referring to the to, to the wonder woman character oh, yeah. which right makes it the first sentence which makes it mean that it makes even less sense then yes because like you said it means what captain america wasn't compassion compassionate he wasn't trying to protect people he, uh, that was not a revenge tale black uh, widow's not ruthless yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Black, black it's women love men. Mmm. <laughs> it's the total, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bilateral nature or whatever dichotomy. And uh, it's just, uh, it, it, to me, it shows that how, like, the people who are in these movies don't even fucking understand. Don't, or maybe doesn't it. care. Doesn't Does care. Steve Trevor going to have a big role in this anyway? <laughs> okay, maybe. I, rec- I don't remember, I, I don't remember what, how much she did in the Linda Carter series. I, I honestly don't remember. Like I think she used to just rescue him instead of he was the damsel in distress for half the time. You know what I mean? Like that was basically the the role reversal uh, with it. But yeah, it's just really weird because if you actually go down and look at the movies, not all more revenge cycle. Like this, Spider-Man movies aren't about revenge. No, they're about saving the city and saving the citizens and preventing catastrophe. Captain America, uh, the first one, is about defeating the Nazis. You know, it's not a revenge tale. Like this doesn't make any sense. I'm actually that. trying to think of. I mean, how many of them are revenge? Are actually, tales? revenge tales. Yeah, how many of them actually are? 
the, was the first Thor. The first Thor was a redemption tale of him of him trying to be selfless in order to show that he wasn't an arrogant piece of shit. That was the opposite of revenge. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. Even wait, the Captain Kirk's isn't even about revenge, <laughs> is it? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen. So it. what the hell was Chris Pine? I think he was trying to trying to appeal at, to the. I don't know, as a feminist, but totally swung and missed totally. Miss, the- missed the fucking mark. <laughs> missed the fucking mark. Like, he felt like he had to come up with some way to to um, marry Wonder Woman to being this compassionate female character when I was just remember one, one woman just kicking ass. Yeah. You know, in her invisible plane and blocking bullets and smacking people around. You know what I mean? Like, Which, quite frankly, is a she's far a, more feminist character. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's an Amazonian. Yeah. They were a warrior. They were, in mythology, you love mythology, they were warriors. warriors. Yes. They cut off one of their breasts so they can yes. shoot bows and arrows better. better. That's know, how I, badass is that? I understand. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't know. No, that that, that whole <laughs> chunk is just, I'm going to blah, 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 I'm going to talk fucking so, words. So, we're not, it's, it's actually not even getting on Zack Snyder, unless Zack Snyder told them to say this. And then <laughs> he's hanging out with Zack Snyder, Chris Paul. I'm sure Zack Snyder was off kicking a puppy somewhere. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to meet him some someday. I think we're going to Only two more months <laughs> I tried to say that quietly. That's a little Easter egg. <laughs> Literally, it's in a little, in his little Easter egg right in his mouth. God, he <laughs> Moving on. So, the Suicide Squad had their second trailer release. <laughs> sort of Suicide Squad. So, the first trailer came out after Comic-Con. Remember, they tried suppressing it. It was like that. Then they came out with it. And what you, what you got out of the first Suicide Squad trailer besides... That Will Smith was in the movie. That, that Will Smith was playing Will Smith again. Yep. And um, um, he has uh, some sort of Suicide Squad. <laughs> one of the worst lines ever in any movie. Um, and then it's Harley Quinn. And you have Jared Leto's Joker with awful tattoos. And that's what you got out of the first trailer. This is a better trailer. It is a better trailer. I'll give it that. You know why it's a better trailer? Because it's Queen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody driving the trailer and its beats throughout. There's still a lot of really shitty like one-liners and crap in it. But, um, I mean, they did cut a better trailer. Yes. And I do believe it has a lot to do with the music. And I do believe it has a lot to do with the editing. It does not increase my interest in seeing the movie at all. Um, and I think there was a big misstep in that in this or something similar to this not being what was shown first. Sure. I, this is this is a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Yes, it is. Because it establishes that, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the first or second trailer, they're all in, in jail. They're in jail here. Right. Then it goes through the roll call. It doesn't go through the roll call. Was there like eight or nine of them? It goes through the roll call of like four or five. Uh, you have like uh, the Crocodile guy. You have Deadshot. Uh, you have a, a Harley Quinn who just says, oh, she's just nuts because she doesn't have any superpowers. Uh, then a couple others. Um, so that's good. Okay, we're establishing that there's these characters here that are these like B or C characters, like Guardians of the Galaxy are, that are in this universe. That's fine. Um, but then, yeah, it doesn't really thrill me beyond that. You have one guy that's you have one quote unquote good guy with them that, that looks like to try to like he's like sort of like the, 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 to make sure they stay in line. Some sort of like special ops guy that's probably going to fall in love with Harley Quinn or they something. They don't. It doesn't expound on the story any. You really no. don't know what they're doing still. What's something going bad. On. Right, and it just it, it it 
it drags. It's it, you just see set- action movie scene after action movie blow up after one liner. It the it, sets look incredibly cheap. By the way, yes, I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm actually trying to be fair with this. The I street sets look really fucking cheap. I already said it looked better than the first trailer. That's me giving a whole lot of credit to something. There's like the they're like right in now. an office doing a firefight with some shit thrown about. They're in a yeah. street with like a few cars that are burnt up. Um, this doesn't look like the big. It looks like half of the movies in two locations. Yes. Or, or, or trailer. A high-rise building and the street outside of it. That's all we saw of it anyways. That's basically. all we saw. Yes. So, I'm trying to be fair, though. It looks more interesting than Batman v Superman. It oh. does. Oh, I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I'd go watch this before I watched BV- B- BVS. There's one funny part where, like, one of the one of the guys takes a sip of beer when he's like, that's actually like a little funny beat where like somebody's about to go down. He, one of the villains and he takes a sip that looks like beer, like oh, behind yeah. the car. Like it's a funny little beat. You have some, um, you have a strange shot of uh, Joker again, way over the top. With Joker really set up like fucking a circle of knives and guns around him and take him four fucking hours to do that. Sedgy man. I mean, come on. Like, you're beating us over the head. He's the Joker. We get it. He knows he's a, he's a nut. He doesn't have to show it to everyone until he kills... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to. Right. Um, and then you have a guy with a tatted up face with uh, a skull thing. You have the... Looks like the Asian uh, female uh, assassin-looking character. Um, and then, yes. This You're is really a, pulling for things to say about that. I, I really am, because it looks... It, it, the characters actually look cool, but the movie looks cheap. Right, they 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 succeeded in making the characters look more interesting, while at the same time making the movie look way more generic. Yes, which is not helping it any. This is going to come down to the balance of. Uh, this is basically like the Dirty Dozen. So a few of these guys are going to die. They're going to some are going to redeem themselves, and then uh, you know Harley Quinn's going to survive and Deadshot. Who knows? And then you have the Joker is going to show up for maybe the next Batman movie with Affleck or something to stand alone. And that's basically what this is going to be a setup of. I mean, because there is a scene here that shows how Joker and Harley Quinn get captured. They show they're on the he's on the car, and I, I'm really I'm running out of steam. We're done. I'm running out of steam. That's it. But but yes, Queen made the trailer, and people that on Twitter are saying, "Oh, you're hating." I'm not hating. I don't hate it. I just think it's disappointing. That's all. I, I just think it's not interesting. Uh, so this isn't a total shocker, just because usually the Star Wars films were three years apart from each other, like clockwork for both the originals and the prequels. So originally they announced episode eight to come out uh, May of 2017 at the right almost like a day almost to the day of the fourth anniversary of Star Wars being released in 77. And that was very ambitious between a year and a, not even a year and a half between one movie and the second, especially when uh, according to uh, a couple of stars it wasn't going to start filming until about now end of January I think. So even with that for a turnaround for a Star Wars film which has the most effects of most movies and. There's so many moving parts, and with That's the mar- a real tight and, schedule, and you think about all the marketing that has been done and productizing and toys. It's not just a normal movie. Then a normal movie, you, a lot of normal movies you can uh, shoot, get into post, and have out within a year. This isn't a normal movie. This has so much. You have all the merchandising, marketing that with all those costs involved, are probably more than the production of the film itself. That there's a lot more moving pieces. So it'll be cool. Okay, sure. They get it out though. I don't have to wait three years. You're gonna have to wait two years. It's pushed back to December of 2017, which I don't have a problem with. No, neither do I. I, I don't have a problem. Zero People are getting pissed at it. I don't have a problem with it. It gives them more time to perfect the story, uh, make sure they know what they're doing. So what? They push back production of the film a few months, and you know what I mean. Like, who the fuck cares? Well, and and that's the thing. It's 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 a few months. It's I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that no. long. Um, 
And my 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 main point is, I would rather get a better product later than a shitty product earlier. They did say it is likely that this got pushed back because it has been said or rumored that there are a number of rewrites going on to that movie that will focus uh, more, put more focus on uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe as opposed to trying to spread out. Um, basically trying to uh, you know spend more time introducing even more new characters in the in the second oh Jesus they want to have more new characters come in well obviously there's going to be more new characters as, as older characters leave I mean there's going to be something new well, I, don't so, think, I don't think you need more than three main characters no I don't think you do either I think what they just mean is you know yeah, less, gotta, less write, time introducing auxiliary characters they gotta write that Billy D. Williams cameo in <laughs> but yeah but I mean less time introducing auxiliary characters sure. which is probably something they may have thought they needed to do with well Luke's definitely going to be in it a lot more yeah um, so that's fine by me I, I mean I Despite all of the um, potential, well, despite all of the criticisms that were levied at it in the end about how similar it was to New Hope and all that, no one ever bitched about the characters, or very few people well, bitched about the characters. We discovered what a Mary Sue is. I, I, have you ever heard the term before that? People started talking about. I don't well, give a shit. Now we're one of the comments. Oh, she's such a Mary Sue. Did you fucking know what that term was before a week before? Okay. Now you're using it willy nilly. Fifteen-year-olds like to grab hold of a word and then use it as much makes as them sound they can. smarter that they yes. had discovered a new term. Anyways, um, anyways, uh, so the characters were never really looked at as the problem. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to to hear that they want to you know flesh those characters out more. Those three characters are what are going to well, and that and Kylo Ren. Those four characters are going to be what makes this trilogy something great, or is what is going to cause it to fall apart if they mishandle it. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. The other interesting thing that they point out is that, uh, as of right now, that would put it basically head-to-head with uh, Avatar 2. Um, it was like it's been pushed, though. They pushed it back. Oh, Avatar 2 did? They did. Okay. As of as of when I read that article, they had not yet pushed yeah. back Avatar 2. And that's probably not in response it's directly to the fact that they're, they're, they're doing three sequels of Avatar. Oh, really? And so they probably want to make sure those are, are really set right, because I, remember, folks, Avatar is the most money, biggest money maker ever. You know, so I mean, they they want to be careful with those. It's going to be so far. It's going to be like eight, well, two thousand two thousand eighteen. It's going to be nine years since the first one came out, which is a big. But still, these Avatar is sort of special because it's sort of universal and appeal. So they're like these weird aliens, and well, that's it, the thing. You know. so, so Star Wars has already uh, episode uh, seven has already, yeah, has already bypassed all U.S box office records, but it still has to beat Avatar on a worldwide level. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with Avatar's kind of universal appeal, that might be, you know, they still have... It, yeah. it remains to be seen if that will happen. Either way, then, it's I guess it's a little less interesting than if they announced that Avatar did get pushed back because you're not going to see this clash of two giants, um, it, you know, it, it, in Christmas it, it 2017. Would be, it would be nuts for all the theaters because then you'd have, like, four Star Wars screens and four Avatars and, and like, no, no other, other movies, movies playing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it comes down to. So, um, anyways, though, I guess, so then to just, I mean, cap it back off, I'm fine with them pushing it back. Rewrite, yeah, I because, mean, do the rewrites that you need. Take your time with this. Because a lot of the issues that people had with, with Ray's character, it's like, whoa, how is she so powerful, and blah, 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 which will be questions that will probably be answered in the second movie and the third. You're going to find out who her parents were. Did they know Luke? You know, like, was she supposed to be trained? You know, I mean, like, 
is she Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, granddaughter? Like, these weird theories. You're going to find this stuff out. Like, this isn't going to be just, oh, she's just some random... Yeah, she's, she was dropped off on a planet. Yeah, we know that part. But there's going to be more revealed. There were hints about her, people. It wasn't just, this is the character and that's it. Ready, set, go. You know, the same with Luke. You had to learn about who his father was. You know, eventually there's going to be... It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> Q&A time on the CU Podcast. Or do you want to quickly, quickly, quickly talk about the Royal Rumble? Because you can. Oh, say no. that's right. Let's quickly talk about the Royal Rumble, and let's just try to leave it to the Rumble. Okay, real, well, real quick, the rest of the card, real quick. I mean, I'm talking. About, I actually watched a, a good chunk of it. Or it was the Owens match versus Ambrose was really good. That was good. Uh, women's match was was pretty good from what I saw. And Sasha Banks comes came back, and everyone goes. Yes, nuts I Sasha was very was. happy about Sasha. Um, and then what was the other one? Uh, tag team match with New Day are just very entertaining. It was because it's New Day. New Day rocks. <laughs> I want to get their unicorn T-shirt. Well, let's talk about the Rumble event itself. All right, so I'll, I'll start it off. I the Rumble is, and I've probably said it on here before. It's pretty much my favorite event every year. I like it more than WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. The past two have kind of disappointed me. Kind of, they were awful. Yeah, yes, I, I'm just yes. <laughs> but I mean, I like watching the Rumble because it's it's a ridiculous premise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always some surprises. Uh, it's always fun. I mean, even in the worst rumbles like last year's, hey, I got to see DDP come in and drop three diamond cutters and throw a couple people over the ropes. I forgot about that. And that was cool. I was happy with that. Cool, yeah, great. Sure. You know, you always there's always little things that happen in the rumble. This year was interesting because uh, Reigns continued to not get the fuck over at all anywhere. Oh no, he's and, not. And, he's and, still and, not. And he's cre- still yeah. And creative decided they needed to do. Something. He, he's lukewarm at best. So they did. They tr- they were going to do the one verse all angle basically, and Reigns was going to be put in at the beginning. And basically, if he didn't win the rumble, he didn't win the belt. Yeah, he's defending his title. He's defending basically. his title the whole time. Um, entrant three, I believe, was mm-hmm. or four. Entrant three. three was AJ Styles, which everyone was expecting to see. He actually got a pretty damn good pop from a group of people that I only would have expected maybe forty percent to know. He got. The biggest pop probably since when Sting uh, debuted. Yeah. It was a big pop, and the fucking producer in the truck was focusing on Roman Reigns' mug the entire time. And said, it wasn't just me saying this, everyone. It said, yeah. cutting to the fucking Titantron, because when you see the reactions, it goes, I am, and then slowly says, phenomenal comes in, and it's an awesome way to premiere it, because that's his, yeah. uh, that's his uh, nickname, the phenomenal AJ Styles, and that's when the crowd went nuts, and then he walks out. So AJ- They ruined that moment, but then... AJ Styles was a guy that I I, I I watched quite a while ago, and I and I will admit, um, I liked him. I never marked out huge for him, and I did miss a good chunk of like his his important career, which I kind of wish I hadn't. Uh, I've seen some of his better matches, but anyways, it was pretty cool to fucking see him come into the ring. Mm-hmm. And what they did was interesting to me because I started to try to figure out what they were going to do in my head. This Rumble, at least for the first half of it, had more actual wrestling in it than almost any other Rumble I've seen. And initially, it was Reigns and Styles. Back and forth. Someone comes in. They basically get knocked out or incapacitated. They're wrestling more. I'm starting to see something they might be building up here. You know, they're, 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 they're going to carry, they're going to push, you know, uh, Styles further into this uh, than I thought. I thought they might actually, for a brief moment, keep <laughs> the fucking belt on Reigns, give give Styles two months to get get situated and throw him at, at Reigns at WrestleMania to take the belt. But these are just yeah. things that are going through my head while watching. Anyways, uh, 
it quickly quickly goes downhill from 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 there. Um, we end up with, and I, obviously I'm skipping large chunks of a very large event, and you can fill them in. Sure. So we get what's supposed to be a one versus all sort of deal, and but it uh, wasn't really. Everyone was still fighting each other. Yes, I know. If you wanted, uh, yes. if you wanted it to be logical, and some of this was booked logically. Usually these rumbles are not. No, I know. If you wanted to book it logically, you'd have everyone just dump Roman Reigns just, just on principle. Oh yeah, everyone sure. up and just dump them. So. Reigns gets knocked to the outside under the rope through the middle rope. Through, yeah, yeah. about halfway through the halfway through, like number twelve or thirteen or something. Yeah, and the League of Nations comes out and beats him up and splashes him all on the announce table, and then they bring him into the back injured. So you book this as one versus all, and it's obviously not one versus all, anyways. But you book this as it, and Reigns can't go the whole fucking match. So immediately your entire like build up is is just shot because you've got your you've got your main guy who's supposed to be fighting the good fight laid yeah. out in the back. Then you start getting people like fucking Jericho in there. I, mean, I fucking love Jericho, but Jericho did not need to be in that fucking rumble for as long Jericho's as Jericho's time is officially passed. It's I gone. Hate to say it. It's and gone. I, and I was an original Jericho Hallock back in ninety six. Yes. His time is, is done. It's 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 long past. It's done. They had him stay in the Rumble for 50 fucking minutes. A guy that comes around every once or every two years for like three months and leaves. The last time he was there, he he came in the summer for literally... He was around for like three weeks in the summer and left. AJ, he should have been... AJ Styles should have been the Jericho. Yes. Yes, he should have been. He was... Now, now AJ Styles was in the match for like a half hour. Yeah, he had a good run. So good showing... But half the time he was just bumping, bumping his ass off. Yeah, he had a back body drop where he went like Dolph Ziggler, like fifty feet in the air, which just shows how talented he is. Yep. And he's thirty-eight years old. He's older than most of the guys there, and he still wrestles better than all of them. You know, like that just shows you why he's important. I can't believe he's thirty-eight now. That's just, yeah. That, but that's that's what blew my mind when I was like, "Holy fuck!" I really did miss like his entire career because. Oh yeah. I mean, I was watching when he was like twenty-five, and when you were like, "He's thirty-eight," and I'm like, "No, he's not." I'm like, "Oh." I guess I haven't watched. Oh yeah, he, I haven't paid attention to him. In quite TNA that long. was mostly built on his shoulders. Like yeah, a large chunk of it was him. He was most in out of the main event for whatever. So, the I I liked it up to the point where it became so obvious when like guys like Titus O'Neil would come in that everyone just is under the ropes around the side. Let you get your two signature moves in, and then you either get tossed or you then go. In. That's when I started not like the rumbling war around number twenty or so. Yeah, nineteen. No, that, I right on Twitter I said. It was good up until right at 20. 20 is like where it really just it, fell apart. Not only because AJ Styles got tossed almost the way Daniel Bryan did. And this is where I, I'm thinking, why. well, they didn't want Bryan in the Rumble because he would have stole all, all the fucking heat, mm-hmm. obviously. They don't, want, they don't want Bryan back. It's obviously the point they don't want him back. He's clear, he's clear to come back. Right. They don't want him back. It's really, it's really. I feel really bad for Brian at this point because at first, the first time, yes, he came back too early, but now they don't want him back. It's like they're afraid, they're afraid of his, his, his success, which is really fucking stupid. It just is. And at this point, but uh, if, if, if they've at this point though, you're right. I mean, if they would brought him back at the Rumble, he probably would have. And they're afraid of that. If they ever do decide to though, no one's going to remember him. His his, his 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 star will have have waned. Well, no, I think he, if he comes back, it'll still be huge. But I. I th- I, I think I think there's a time limit on that. Could be, but at this point, honestly, uh, I should go hang out with our buddy in PB there. Um, <laughs> he lives like three miles away. It's so I funny know. we were talking about him. I, I met him. Um, they they they're, they are starved for upper echelon face characters. It used to be they didn't have any heel characters. Yeah. Now they don't have any face characters anymore that are that are giving a pop. Um, 
They have um, Roman Reigns is not even the top five of getting face pops. No, Dean Ambrose is number one at this point. Yes, and that's and while he gets a, a, a big cheers, it's not what it should be for number one. But that's the best they got. That's yeah. the best they got. Zig- Ziggler's there too, and Ziggler they fucked over. Ziggler's done. Oh no, they, 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 they dropped the ball so many times on Ziggler that the crowd doesn't even care anymore. They have, but that's what I'm saying. That's I mean, because I love. He should have been a year ago when, when he when he helped the Authority get vanquished at Survivor Series. Yeah, like that was, it was fantastic. That, he, yeah, all I'm getting at is if, if if we're going to if we're going to number them, you know, he's in the top five, and his his I mean, his stars diminished. He, He's in the top five because there is no one else to be in the top five yes. in terms of faces that yeah. get popped. If Brian comes back, he's already slotted number one, so why not do it? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So they get AJ Styles, who's going to have a tough road to get the fans on his side. He's not the best on the mic, but he's probably as good as Brian is. Brian wasn't the best either, but his wrestling is phenomenal. So like that'll propel him up in the same way Cesaro was getting over just on wrestling ability alone. Yeah. And plus AJ Styles... Uh, has a better look, I always think, than Cesaro in terms of he looks kind of cool. He has the gloves. I, I think his theme Styles, song is. I think his, Styles looks ridiculous. His theme song is fucking hot. I never say it. Like the theme song, the, it's a, it's a Ain't No Sunshine remix. It's a good freaking theme. There's nothing, no one else on the roster that has that sort of like organ church, like, like mm. rap song. It's, it's a good theme. I want to download that theme. Like, I was like, ooh. I think his look is lacking. But he, he thinks they like the floppy hair? No. It's funny on Raw, and he beat Jericho clean on Raw, which, but it's interesting that they haven't had him do the Styles Clash yet. He teased it twice in the Rumble or three times. And they times, did call it that in the Rumble, too. Which so. means that the move exists. He yeah. wouldn't set up for the move if it didn't exist. And then on Jericho, he, he tried to get it twice and didn't. He just got a, a flip roll-up reversal pin. They're, just, they're protecting the move. It took months for Kenta to get a GTS off in a... In um, NXT, I'm just, I'm just. This isn't going to turn into a uh, Daniel Bryan thing, but okay. Let's talk so, about. So, so let's just what, talk about what, how it finishes up. Let's talk okay, about who's the, got the title right uh, now. Right, no, no, before that, the Wyatt family coming in, cleaning house, made perfect sense. Yes. That was very logical. And then having Brock come in and take care of him, loved that. Yep, that was good. He was the guy. If you're going to have a guy okay. take him out, take him out. It was interesting though that they did that before. Bray Wyatt got in. It would have been interesting if at least one of the three Wyatt family was left with Wyatt and try to work together. But it was interesting that, but up to that point, I was like, holy shit. Not that I think Wyatt's going to win this, but they might have Wyatt be like the one of the final yep. one or two, like, or three guys left. So that was cool booking. That's the way it should have been booked. That was fine. Uh, Lesnar comes in, gets taken out, but then bad booking, because usually if that was Lesnar, he'd get pissed. It, like he did the Goldberg, and then come back in and take Goldberg out in the 2003, 2004 Rumble. He should have did that to to uh, the Wyatt fam, like or to uh, he should have just come back and you know he should have just fucking went nuts for for getting eliminated like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He should have just went absolutely ape shit. And and Lesnar did it. He just sort of skulked off with uh, Heyman, which makes you believe what he's going to fight the Wyatts at, at Fastlane, or is that you're really going to have Lesnar fight the Wyatts? Fastlane doesn't I, matter. At, at WrestleMania, though, like, what are you setting up? Le- it didn't set Lesnar up for anything, really. But then they announced on, on Raw it, there's going to be a triple threat between... Uh, okay, we'll get to the end. Here's the end. Okay, okay. So, anyways, 30 comes around. Everyone's wondering, what do we got? Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan? Cena? Seth Rollins? <laughs> now we get Triple H. Which, which wasn't a big... It wasn't yeah. a big shock. Uh, no, it was just shitty. So we get Triple H who comes out, and it's uh, it's Triple H and it's Ambrose, and I. Well, love- after he tosses out, he yeah. tossed out Roman Reigns, who came back in at like what number twenty-seven yeah. or something. He came back in. 
or yeah, whatever. He, 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 he was gone for a while. But he got tossed out before the le- Did he get... Oh, okay, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm starting to mis- misremember how this went because I stopped giving a fuck at some point. It ends with it ends with Ambrose and and Triple H in there, and my heart was like, eh, go "Let Ambrose. Ambrose win! It would be so much. To, it would be it would so much better, and it would it it, it, it would have been champion. something. It would have been great. It would have been a shock. Would have been something that the company needed. It would have given Owens uh, versus versus him for the big title. I mean, it, it would have given itself. you a boost. It would have given it would it, it yeah. would have wrote storylines down the road where Roland Reigns gets jealous of Ambrose. It can turn on him. It, it opens up a whole branch of paths of ways you and, could go yes. with it. And in my head, I just saw this flow chart of the way things could go. And for a minute, I went from it's not going to happen to it's going to happen. It, it could make sense. Then, and then you realize, and then no. Then you realize no, they don't book with the top stars in mind. Of no. what they should do, because because then if they did that, the last two rumbles would have went a different way. Not fucking Batista I, and I, Reigns. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like that vic- that the the Triple H victory, uh, you know, it it it. Dial- it I mean, we're we're back, right back where we were and fifteen years ago. But it's still funny that they cheered for him eliminating Reigns. Oh, I know. I, I didn't think. Yeah, that that's was pretty- not good when the heel authority figure. Dumps your baby face champion out, and the crowd cheers. The piece that's of, not good. The, the, yeah, the piece of shit heel that everyone is going to bemoan winning the next day got cheered for dumping your current champion out of the ring. Not good, folks. No, Ra- the, the experiment's not working. Still with Reigns, We're, we've given it a shot. We've given it a whole year to go. It's still not working. I'm not saying it can't work. It's, it's, he's not working at the top of the card. Well, and so I, I don't know where it was, but someone pointed out that since like when you think about Reigns. And you think about the post-Shield breakup, right? Mm-hmm. Rollins went on and got his own identity. Ambrose went on and made his own identity in his old wrestler. And Reigns, still coming out to the same music, still wearing the chest Slightly protector. Slightly altered music, yeah. but it's the same. Yeah. Still, still coming c- down. Yeah. Chest protector. Has the same moves. Got nothing. No no charisma, no personality. He has some charisma, but it's not enough. It's not enough alone to look cool and badass to be a champion. That's not what that's not right. all what it is. But that's that's what that's If that's the case, you can you can make freaking uh, Braun Strowman the champion. This is, looking tough isn't what it takes to be the champion. By the way, Big Show got tossed up by by Strowman alone. That was really strange. After Big Show was one of the last three or four last year yeah. and was booked very strong, Mark Henry got dumped easily, and he's the strongest man in the world. Booking was off. It, it got to the point where it was just really off after yeah. 20, like we said, where it just got, okay, get these guys out of the ring. They came in, get them out of the ring. The first 12 or 13 entrants, I saw some wrestling. I saw them, what, I mean, building, a, building some sort of story that seemed like it could go in a number of directions that was interesting. Then things got weird. Then they got shitty. Yes. Then they ended off. It should have been the last four. Should this is what should have happened. This is my fantasy booking real quick. Final four. If you want to keep Triple H in there, fine. Triple H, AJ Styles, Ambrose, and Reigns. That's my final four. Sure. Because AJ Styles looks fucking strong as hell. It's even by then, even the people that don't know, I'm like, wow, this AJ Styles guy is staying still in the ring. Yeah. He must be an important guy. I might find out about who this guy is. That instead of fucking Jericho, keeping Jericho in the ring for an hour doesn't do anything to him at this point. It doesn't help him. It would have helped AJ Styles. That's your final four. And then you then you can have Reigns get knocked out second to last again, you know. And then AJ Styles gets gets tossed out. It doesn't matter if he gets to the final four, toss him out first. Then Reigns gets tossed out. Ambrose wins. And then, but here's the thing: you could have had Ambrose win. Hell, you could have Reigns come back in and tossed out Triple H. There's no fucking rules in the Rumble anymore. No. If a guy can get hurt and walk to the back and be out of it for for 35 minutes, I would do that myself then and pretend. Yeah. 
I used to use well, because someone, so, someone, someone I was watching it with, who I mean watches wrestling. Think, you need logic. I think it, even, even it might have been Vani, and Vani like understands wrestling. She goes, she goes, so, or who was it? Anyways, whoever it was was like, then why doesn't everyone just dive yeah. under the bottom rope and go wait in the back until like everyone's in? Even the Miz did that. It used to be a rule that if you weren't in the ring. By the next time the next person came out, you were automatically eliminated. Uh, I, I do believe I remember that. Yeah. So Miz comes out and doesn't come in for like three, four people. What the fuck? He should not be allowed in. Right. You need logic. I know it's fake. I understand that. You need logic in so the stories. Movies are fake too. But you need logic in these stories so that we try to follow along. And, and that's that that disbelief bridge isn't totally shattered, like in like Temple of Doom and, and crocodiles eat us. That's what we're trying to avoid here. You need logic. If you get fucked up and injured and are taken to the back, which has happened to people, there have been people in the in the rumble that get attacked on the way out that never entered. That happened with um, Mr. Perfect's kid last year. Yeah. So then you're not in the rumble. Then that's that's bottom line. Mm-hmm. If you get taken to the back, you're fucking done. I want rule. I I need set rules. And why didn't why didn't the fucking League of Nations beat him up, throw him in the ring, then toss him over the top rope? Wouldn't that have been easier to do? Because there's no DQ. I want rules, that's all. Okay. I don't know, I'm done talking about it. AJ Styles, don't fuck him up. They probably will anyway. Go Mets, I don't know. They'll put him in a program with Ryback, and he'll <laughs> fucking lose he'll his right out. arm. He'll lose his <laughs> right arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Q&A, let's go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a familiar one. At that ass is my boss. Would you ever consider donating your collection to a museum so they could preserve and showcase it for future generations? Yes, uh, Ian's Neo Geo pocket color collection would be would be great for a museum. Eat me. Um, I think it would have to be the point. I'd have to have enough money where I wouldn't care about trying to make money off it in my old age and retire, or I sort of had a breakdown and figured, eh, whatever. Do I want my M82 and my NWC cards to go to a collector that won't do anything with them? Or do I want to be, you know, want everyone else to enjoy it? Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would consider it. At the very least, put it on, on loan to a place that you, know, you hold on to it for years. I mean, at this point, they're in a fucking bank. I'm not getting enjoyment out of them. I'm not displaying it for myself. I can have them in a museum somewhere. I can get them back whenever I want. I, I can do that. Hell, hell. I'll be saying that right now. I'll do that to a legit museum. Then again, the legit one that's opening up in Texas, uh, the Video Game History Museum, by Joe Santulli, uh, Sean Kelly, and um, I forget the third guy's name, John something. Uh, they have way more shit than I do combined. So they there's n- n- probably nothing I have. Most museums that, that yeah. could use the stuff that you have don't need it. They probably don't have a, a gold NWC. Okay. But um, they probably don't have stupid shit like the Tengen AC adapter in the box that's rare, but no one gives a shit about. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, the gold NWC is probably the one thing that would be tough for someone to get. There's only 13 of them. That could be one thing that, okay, put in the museum. Sure, there you go. The Holy Grail. Not my action max, though. They don't want that. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't, they don't want the virtual boy in the box with the Sega Mark III sitting there or whatever else. It was the Telstar Ranger. So yeah, I, I would think about doing it at some point, sure. Or even now. But, but but then again, I don't want emails of people saying, "Yeah, well, the museum's my basement." Like I don't want to be able to say, "Hey, I'm starting I'm starting the museum P- Poughkeepsie." Can you, you know? Okay, should we just jump to the next one for you? Because I, re- I mean, what else am I going to say about this besides it's adorable? Okay, this this is. Uh, I mean, I, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to say. At Kamikaze, E. Lucas, there's a Pikachu detective game coming out, and I squeal, <laughs> I fucking squeal. 
Um, I want it so goddamn bad. I would like to see uh, all sorts of Pikachu games. Uh, Pikachu Pizza Delivery. Uh, Pikachu Doctor. Um, but but, okay. but Pikachu Sherlock Holmes looks looks adorable. It looks like a Sherlock Holmes game. Uh, I thought I was funny because the music sounded like a takeoff of the the the, the new uh, BBC. Pat doesn't know iconic Pokemon music. I'm not a Pokemon guy. I'm not a pocket monster guy. Um, it sounded like the Benedict Cumberbatch music. It honestly did. If you watch the the, the BBC version. Uh, it sounds like it. I'm sure they tried. I mean, they they gave it a flair, but yeah. I mean, it's very clearly Pokemon. So, music. what is this? Let's say a 3DS game, and you're going to be solving crimes like Professor Layton, I guess. And is it mini games? You're talking to people. Well, what's funny about it though is that Pikachu has like this deep voice. Yes, <laughs> it's not like it's hey, Pikachu. It's uh, like hey, I'm Pikachu, detective, uh-huh. which to me makes it funnier. And then Pikachu shows up at the end of the trailer anyway, and talks. So it's. Pikachu detectives may like the uncle of Pikachu or something? I don't know. It's a Pikachu. It's also interesting to me because uh, it appears that he's speaking to a human. He has like a boy in, sidekick? In, but it, it, he's speaking to him in a language that he understands. He's not just speaking in in, in Pika, Pikachu. That's the only time that Pokemon ever get... Is that the language, it, Pikachu? It, well, no. They always say that they, say that they don't communicate with their trainers in actual language. Okay. The only time you ever see like conversations come out of, of of the mouth of Pokemon, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure I will be, um, is in the mystery dungeon games where you play as Pokemon and then you you witness conversations between them and other Pokemon. So it's interesting that that Detective Pikachu is actually conversing with a human. Is this London? Was this a London setting or was this somewhere else? It's, to- it's where I would like to live. I uh, feel I feel safer wherever Detective <laughs> Pikachu is. Yeah. I do. There was one shot where, like, there's a body on the ground, but there wasn't any blood, so I don't know if it was a guy knocked out. You don't want to... You don't... It's probably just... Oh, no, it's, it's, it looks like the, it was, oh, it's the kid sleeping. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was, like, a dead body. That'd be graphic if it's, like, forensic <laughs> files with Detective Pikachu. There's, like, blood spatter patterns. It's, like, Law and Order criminal tent with Vincent D'Onofrio Pikachu. Pikachu and, dropping and, blood into a centrifuge. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or, or is it... Oh, it's, it's going to be, like, um... Oh Jesus Christ! I can't think tonight. I'm so tired. The freaking movie, uh, the, the last game I bought on a 360. La Noir. La Noir with Pikachu in- interrogating people and threatening them with evidence. Hell, it could be that because there's no clues. You have like a a minute of like you know CG rendered, then it goes like the, the 3DS looking game. Yeah, we don't really know anything about the game other than it looks cute. It looks cute. It might be sort of an adventure title. We'll see what happens. We're almost hitting three minutes, so people won't be bitching at this. I is will too buy short a ten second. copies. You're gonna buy ten copies. It's going to come out February 3rd uh, as a download-only 3DS title, according to the uh, Google Translate on here. So I know it's coming out. So I guess it'll probably be later in the year, the U.S. version. Most because likely. It, you know, because they haven't announced it. But this is a surprise. This wasn't the last Nintendo Direct, I don't believe. They didn't announce this. I don't think so. But I know it just got announced recently, and there was right. no recent Nintendo Direct. All right, we'll see if he's, like, solving crimes like Luther. This is from Dagon Dambala. At what point does collecting become an unhealthy obsession? Well, thanks for your question, JC. Anything becomes unhealthy when it starts to interfere with your normal everyday life. Whether it's you're spending too much money that you can't pay your mortgage or your rent or eat, or it's uh, bleeding away your time and energy from spending time with your friends and family, and it's affecting that relationship or mentally it's putting you off from your normal routine, your normal work, your normal habits. That's when anything, whether it's porn or video games or gambling or alcohol or drug use, that's when anything becomes unhealthy to me. That's the point. 
if you can if you can fake it up to that point and have you know games on a wall, but it's not affecting my mortgage or I'm still having a, a, a social life that's healthy. I'm still going out there and doing other things. My health isn't taken for granted. You know, I, I don't have teeth falling out. You know, then it's okay. But once you cross over that line, now it's unhealthy. I feel like it's on. I mean, example based wise, I feel like it's unhealthy when someone comes into the store and sees a copy of a game. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but this happened today. Shit, okay. whatever. And it's a sixty dollar game, and it doesn't come around. What the fuck was it? It doesn't. Anyways, it doesn't come around very often. It was something Super Nintendo, some sort of Super Nintendo RPG. And Luffy we'll too. We'll they they look at it and they're like, "Oh man, you have that? That's so cool!" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh man, I, I, okay. I think I, I think I'm gonna need to to get that." Um, God, if I shouldn't be spending the money. And then they're like, "How much is it?" And I'm like, it "Says right on there, fifty nine ninety nine." Mm. And this is something that's always telltale weird for me. Mm. Well, what is that with tax? If, Ooh, you're, if, if they have to worry if about your decision is what oh. the tax bumps it up to, which by the way is like sixty four seventy nine in the in, in California in San Diego, um, then you probably shouldn't be buying it in the first place. If tax is your deciding factor on an item that is under a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, like you really yeah. shouldn't you really shouldn't be looking at it. And then they go, mm, and then like they're like. And I'm not making this up. This is, this is today. I kn- I know I I never see this, and that's can I see it? Yes, it's in really good shape. I think it was like Secret of Mana or something. It might have been fifty. Um, I'm like oh, it's a really nice copy, and I'm like yeah, it's it's gorgeous looking, good label. Uh, I know I'm never gonna play it. Oh, and it's one? like okay, so you you brought up the the sales tax, and you already said you're never gonna play it. Mm, what kind of game is it again? I know it's supposed to be a good one. It's in a lot of people's top like fifteen. I'm like, it's kind of like a Zelda. You can do multiplayer. It's really good. I said, but if you and at this point, it's like I, I got to be careful what I say here because it is it's kind of a it's kind of a regular at this point. So like this, I say things. Did you not know. want him to buy it? So well, no. So at this point, I say things I normally wouldn't say because it's a it's 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 a regular. It's someone I say I'm like, hey, uh, it's you know we close in an hour. It's slow. It, 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 it'll be here tomorrow if you want to, you know, like, think mm-hmm. on it. Because um, I, I will say things like that to regulars if I realize that they're obviously, like, do you think he was like, weird Do you think stuff? he was calculating, if I buy this, I can't buy, like, milk and eggs I don't sort know. of thing? I don't know. I mean, because, I don't, because I don't know the person. Okay. But they're obviously hemming and hawing over the money and asking me about, uh, asking me about you know, uh, tax, and they're, they're, they want to buy a game that they don't know anything about. And they're saying that they're already not going to play it. So even if, and then, and then they end up buying it is where I'm going. Okay. So even if, even if it's not a money issue, if you're hemming and hawing and buying stuff that you know you're never going to play because you feel compelled to buy it, like you have to because you're a collector and this is a top fifteen game for most people. I'm sorry. At that point, it's become unhealthy. I'm not saying unhealthy to the degree you're talking, but that's not psychologically a good reason to be doing anything. But that's a lot of collectors do, though. Well, not just video games, everything. There's no, there's no reason that you have to collect, you know, a Mickey Mantle rookie card that costs, you know, whatever. But you really thousand dollars. But if they really want it, they want it. And so maybe I'm making a broader statement on collecting. If you, but you are. If you don't, if you don't know anything about it, and you say flat out you're not going to use it, and you're hemming and hawing over money, and you buy it anyways, that to me is not healthy behavior. 
Or you just called that most of the audience. <laughs> no, I didn't. I think most collectors buy things because they want them. I would like a complete set. Oh, you're saying... You're... I would like a complete set. I would like this game. These collectors have goals in mind. I'm talking about a person you're saying who is someone, buying something... You're someone that's trying to convince themselves to do it and probably yes. doesn't even want it. Yes. That's exactly what I said. Okay. Well, it's not exactly what you said, but... That, that's where you're going is that they're they're some they're trying to trick themselves into buying it when they they okay yeah maybe maybe they're, they're doesn't maybe, know anything about the game maybe it's a status symbol within themselves that I have to buy this because it's there if I don't I feel worse about myself yeah and I'm not even I'm not even trying to make a a, a a statement on people who buy things and then don't play them because there are collectors like I said who are like, well, that's their goal. They're going to have a full sure. set. So they're buying all these things, and yes, they may not play that, and yes, that may bother you and I, and, and that's a different topic. But this is a person who is not going for a full set. This is a person who sees it, knows that for some odd reason... For some strange reason he has to... He, he's compelled to buy, buy it, but is no why. Why, yes. Okay. That's that's, 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 your, that's where your unhealthy, you know, sort of uh, minimum criteria is. Okay. Uh, this is from at HMG underscore show. What are your thoughts on the hate of bullet hell shooters uh, because they are too hard? So, odd question, um, but I do have an answer for it. And it's actually something I've been thinking about lately. Uh, so, a bullet, a shooter, as I would call it, would be a scrolling vertical shooter or horizontal shooter, like something like Raiden or R Type or Gradius, uh, just to put the genre, make, you know, clearly label the genre. Um, a bullet hell shooter or a Danmaku shooter is a type of shooter that started to gain popularity in the mid 90s, uh, late 90s, and is still popular now, in which. Uh, Enemy patterns and uh, waves are less important than uh, dodging massive, what people often refer to as blooms of bullets. Mm -hmm. Basically, the screen fills with bullets, and you navigate your ship um, or your fairy princess or whatever the hell it is uh, carefully through these while still holding down a fire button and ostensibly destroying enemies so that you can can, can progress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Traditional shooters, you generally have... Far less bullets on screen. They move faster. Um, enemy patterns are generally pretty wicked, and you generally have a big hitbox. The hitbox is the area of your ship's uh, sprite that will cause a collision. In a bullet hell shooter, your um, hitbox is literally almost like a pixel to four pixels in size. It's like a pinpoint, so that really, when you're maneuvering your ship, you're not maneuvering a ship, you're maneuvering a tiny dot, and that's how you zone in. Uh, I don't think that people hate bullet hell shooters. I mean, they're hugely popular, and I don't think they hate them because they are too hard. Their traditional shooters and bullet hell shooters are two very different types of games that only look similar to me on on the surface. Um, the idea that bullet hell shooters are harder than old-style shooters is, is kind of crazy. I am really good at certain bullet hell shooters yeah. and really, really bad um, at certain old school shooters. Yep. The reason why is because how you play is different. In a bullet hell shooter, you basically kind of hold down your fire. I mean, you learn how, what which fire, what because there's usually a slow fire, a spread fire, whatever. You learn what buttons you're going to hold down when, but you kind of zone in on your area of the screen and you maneuver this undulating maze yeah. as you go around. Every once in a while, glancing upwards to kind of make sure you've got an eye on things. Whereas traditional shooters are a much broader picture. You really have to take in everything as it's happening. One is not better than the other, but play styles are different, and there are plenty of bullet hell shooters that are way easier than traditional shooters. So I don't think anyone hates on them because they're hard. I think people who don't like bullet hell shooters don't like them because they simply don't like that style of gameplay. 
Yeah, well, Ian covered most of it. I, I, I think bullet hell shooters are interesting because, at least from the ones I played, they're more about yeah, they're more about all right. Just keep avoiding shit and keep firing. You'll destroy whatever the hell's there. It's just more about just avoidance versus um, a traditional shooter, whether it's top down or or you know a uh, uh, horizontal shooter, where it's more about knowing which power-up to go to and taking the risk and getting it versus weaving in and out and doing that. And yes, you have to avoid fire on the way, but to me there's a lot bigger risk-reward factor in more traditional shooters uh, in terms of playing it safe versus going for that power-up, which can make it easier. Yeah, there is, because they're, 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 I, would, I would agree largely. I mean, let's, let's, com- let's compare something uh, like a Star Soldier, I guess, a Super Star Soldier, to something uh, that's well-known in the bullet hell shooter realm, like uh, Mushihime is fairly well-known. Um, Star Soldier or Super Star Soldier, something like Nexa, which I've been playing lately, not bullet hell, but very, very fast-paced. Waves of enemies that come at you very, very quickly. Um, power-ups put in the same spot every time in very, very precarious locations. You need to memorize these waves. You need to move. You need to dodge. You need to make that quick motion to get which weapon is going to help you. The mm-hmm. wide shot or the narrow shot. And you think very quickly, and it's more of a pattern memorization type thing. But if you're good, you can still proceed very far on skill. Bullet Hell, uh, you can still proceed very har- har- uh, far on skill. The weird thing is, though, is in Bullet Hell shooters, I'm not saying all, but in a lot of them, your power-ups and things are kind of like a foregone conclusion. If you last long enough, you're going to get these power-ups. And knowing where enemies are going to come in can make the bullet patterns that you have to weave your way through less troublesome, but it's still kind of more of like a moving maze game than anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it's almost like the enemies in a bullet hell don't really matter. I hate to say they don't matter as much, because it's not like you can get a leg up. You're always gonna you're always gonna face a ton of bullets. Yeah, it's hard to get a leg up. While in a traditional shooter, there are enemies that you better fucking take out first because they're gonna throw like missiles at you. They're gonna lock on and and kill you a lot easier. You know that's so, the difference. I mean, and, and obviously there's there's wiggle room for both of these. I'm not sure. looking to get shredded in the fucking comments. Oh, I, those, I know, those I know bullet my, hell hardcore players coming after us. I know my, I know my shooters, us. but there is a definite different play style, and I don't think bullet hell is automatically more hard. Ask Skuma Joe. What do you think about publishers shutting down fan projects like the Metal Gear remake, etc.? I didn't hear about that one. That one I don't quite remember or recall, um, but I mean, Project M is something, you know, the uh, the modifications to uh, um, Smash Brothers Brawl to make it similar to Melee and whatnot. Uh, I know that that's not officially, like, shut down, but you can't find it easier anymore. I think fan projects are really cool, and I think it's really cool when people want to take something and kind of remake it, HD it, you know, or, or expand upon um, great concepts that were, uh, you know, already in place, um, do fan translations and things. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is it's not your property, guys. And if they want to shut it down, they're, they're going to shut it down. Um, I mean, this Metal Gear remake that I don't know what I'm going to admit anything really about... Uh, could have been the most amazing thing in the world, but you're trying to remake a game that Konami owns, and it's not like Konami's known for being particularly great. So, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't sit here and get and pretend to get all angry at the publishers for doing it. It'd be nice if all these projects came out, and I think they're cool things. But w- the question is, what what did you really expect? I mean, oh. What's to be expected from this? Oh, there was one that was just shut down. This is one that I saw. Uh, it was X Men Danger Room Protocols. It was a fan project where it was um it was a web series that basically had two X Men characters in the Danger Room, 
uh, you know, fighting together. And so they wanted to do a series of these. I guess almost, I guess, harkening back to maybe, I don't know, maybe the early 90s animated X-Men show. And just do that. And then it got shut down by Disney. They, they brought the hammer down and, like, and DMCA'd that shit. Well, and see, that would be really fucking cool. Like, that would yeah. be cool. But, again, it's it's still not... Eh, whatever you think about, you know, copyright and things like that, it's it's not within the legal realm for people to do that. So... Yeah, which is strange just because it usually, like, for example, um, you can get away with doing, like, there's tons of these, like, online, like, death battle type shows. Or what if Ryu fought, you know, uh, the Green Ranger? You know, what if, uh, you know, there's tons of, like, shit like that online. Or Deadpool versus Batman, you know, like, like crap like that. And usually that's okay. With the stuff that's really far out in the realm of this will never be happening sure. ever. But something, let's know. look at, I mean, we're, we're going off the topic of the original time, but like the, this X-Men thing, that's something that could be mistaken if you're literally just taking it mistaken as an actual product a, a product from, I, from a I, company. I want to say that's where, if at least, like Nintendo usually doesn't go after a lot of the fan stuff because it's probably stuff they don't care about anyway, like maybe a book someone's doing. But, you know, like they're usually like... Um, okay with like okay you want to come out with a fan translation or something okay we were going to do that anyway so who fucking cares it doesn't cut into our bottom line it's not going to be confused with something we're doing but if it's something like you're going to retool one of our biggest game franchises and come out with it and release it that's gonna that might eat into our profit a little bit because we want to release Smash Brothers. Maybe games. yeah, or or maybe we were gonna do this sort of thing and or maybe we, we just like you. the fact because maybe it thinks that you know better the direction of a franchise than, than we do and it's our franchise. Right. It could be something like that. It's like oh, you don't like the fact that competitive players only like the fact that the game was too slow. Well, fuck off. You know, like that. It could be something like that. You, you're trying to make us. You're trying to make. Don't make us look bad. Right. With our product. Sure. You know what I mean? You, you you spend your millions of dollars and your time making something, and someone basically shoves it back in your face. I think sometimes the people who do these forget that it's not just for the fans who understand what it is, but it could be, from a company's standpoint, it could be misleading to a whole That's larger true. group of people. Sure. It could be then setting it up for, for failure where, okay, we're coming up with this cool... Um, new version of Smash Brothers that maybe maybe people then expected the next Smash Brothers to be like that. I'm just throwing that out there. And then it's not, and they get disappointed. At the end of the day, it's it's their toys you're playing with, and they can take the toys back if they want to. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's as simple and as as that. That's the way it works. Right? Doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's fair all the time. But but there are a lot of fan stuff. Uh, a lot like like a lot of the Star Trek fan films and Star Wars stuff. They don't give a shit about those. Sure. How many Star Wars fucking fan? You know how easy it is to do the lightsaber effects where everyone's a Jedi on YouTube. Like they don't give a shit about that. They don't. They don't. Uh, okay. Speaking of books, Ian asks. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Ian asks at Retro Icon asks. <laughs> What effect, if any, do you think the release of your new book will have on NES game prices? Well, it depends how many people pre-order it. I mean, there's only about a couple thousand pre-orders at this point. Maybe, eh, maybe 2,200 pre-orders. So I, th- I think what's going to be interesting is going to be those sort of middling titles, like like the stuff that we usually discover during the marathons, like the like the Eliminator uh, Eliminator uh, uh, Boat Duel mm-hmm. games and Archon and games that are pretty fun. They're not exactly rare. They're borderline uncommon games that are really fun. They don't cost a lot. It's like the hidden gem sort of dilemma. We're all in that sort of hidden, hidden gem dilemma. It's like those games that are like three and a half to four and a half stars that you don't know about. 
that hopefully you discover and say, I want to play this game. Or even those weird two-star games or two-and-a-half-score, or a game like Metal Mech that's not the greatest game, but at least it has an original premise to it. That I want to go in and play in a, a mech and be able to get out of the mech and run around and shoot. That's not... There's no other game in the system that's really like that. It's those games like that, that that's why I love the library, is that there's so many weird games that they really try to do a lot with the system. Yep. And, and that's what it comes... Or even playing a really weird-ass game and seeing how awful Last Ninja is. Don't do that. It's not a good game. No, it's and plus, it's, it's actually pretty pretty uncommon. Um, I don't think it's going to... I mean, I don't think it, 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 there's a special exception here with, with the book. I don't, think it, I don't think this is necessarily going to have any real effect because these are games that have now been out forever. And even back in the... It's funny that you mentioned Metal Mech because even back in the late 90s on good old TSR's NES pit, um, you know, people would talk about how Metal Mech was, and that's literally one I remember, people were like, hey, this is actually, you know, kind of an interesting game, not oh, great, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, re- reviews of Nintendo games aren't a new thing. This book is not introducing something new. Uh, people, and YouTube has broken, you know, the, the, the info on all sorts of undiscovered mm-hmm. gems already, so... While this may, in fact, turn on a number of people to games they haven't played yet, and, I, and I'm sure Pat hopes that it, it does. I hope that it does, too. It's not going to have an effect on game prices because this information has been not under one roof, not under not, not from a, a certain group of people, but it's, it's all been out on the Internet for forever and ever. I mean, if you wanted to, you know, learn about, I mean... Fire nice. I mean, people will talk mm-hmm. about that. It's not the first time you're going to hear about it. So Ian's basically said, "Don't." There's no reason for the book to exist. No, I didn't no. say there's no reason for the book to exist. I'm just no. saying that. I mean, this uh, is. But I think the difference is, for for a case like Fire and Ice or Metal Mech, you're almost going to have to either stumble upon it by accident or, or know about it a little bit to search for it. For a book that you're flipping through page by page, you're going to then go through the entire library bit by bit. And and see these games that you might ever even heard of before. I'd be like, sure. oh, I never, I never heard of. I, I heard of Godzilla too. I didn't realize it was some sort of weird strategy game. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Okay, but and that's true, especially or if you why? Read it. Or I didn't realize GI Joe two uh, or the Atlantis was really a drop off in quality from the first one, at least in my opinion, since I reviewed those. If you, you read know. it all the way through, you make a good point. But what I'm saying is, there's just there's been so many YouTube. Here, here's top ten hidden gems, or top ten worst games, or yes. top ten weirdest sequels. That so much of that is just already out there. Yeah. That this isn't like, I don't think we're going to see a sudden spike in, in in recognition of Conquest of the Crystal Palace just because it's in print form. Well, hopefully, if I sell them, but yeah, I think it's interesting that it's all in one place. And yes, there's websites that actually have it all in one place, but. Do people either know about them or they're going to go and go through? I think people a book, are more likely to read a book all the way a through. Book than a, all the way through. a book is different. A book is different. Yes, I think that's where the where I didn't realize that people like the idea of having a book because people the people criticize me or said, oh, well, there's websites that have all the information. It's a fucking website. You got to click through every one. What are you going to do? Print out each page and then staple it together, and then it may not be the quality one anyway. Some of those reviews. Some of those reviews are just. Uh, I'm not trying to not trying to disparage, but a lot of them are very either very short. Or they're almost like some of them read like the, the you know the back of the boxes. It's like okay, give me something right. More. Give me a give me a strange expert about uh, Ian being amused by a seller telling his guys to get him a, a hot ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> what game was that for? I don't remember. Uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. See, there's excerpts too. There's humorous anecdotes. I, I didn't need to get anyone a hot ham and cheese sandwich, but that's for the book. Never mind. Read the book and you, you read that little funny tale about that. <laughs> Um, 
This is from at JFGME. Uh, Josh. Will Ian ever pose regularly to his YouTube channel? Which is, is a pixel sickle? I don't know. <laughs> I have it. No, it's, it's, uh, no, it's, it, I think it's just, I don't he doesn't Maybe. even know his YouTube channel. Well, no, but I mean, I know it's whatever my login is, but I don't, I don't know what it's called. People, people find it. I have people who follow it. I mean, okay. So uh, the answer is, uh, I actually, I kind of lately, I, I have kind of wanted to. I'll link to uh, it in the annotation right here. I have, I have kind of wanted to. Uh, I, I have been He's searching happy. for. Hey, got it. I've been searching for you know just uh, ways to get things that are a little bit. It's sort of like a creative outlet to get things out. I wanted to do, um, I wanted to stream, play, and talk about um, a lot of uh, mahjong games, for instance. Uh, and I have a ton on the PC Engine. I have, you know, I I have an Elgato HD capture card. Oh, but you funny. know what? You can't really do it well because you really kind of need something that's RGB modded to make it look decent. Oh, really? Yeah, to make it look decent. And I I don't have the time or the money to. I don't want to send it off to be RGB modded. I don't. I don't even know what it costs. It just seems like an extra hassle of a step. Um, I wanted to film, you know, attempts at 1cc finishing, like, shoot it, like shooters. But I don't have a camera that does that properly. And my, like I said, my my ability to stream is, is you, low. Oh, you, you shoot yourself, you mean? Or, or no, capture to, the to basically gameplay. capture the gameplay of me trying to do one-credit completions of various shooters. Um, I've wanted to do videos of... The Elgato um, couldn't do that? I, probably, but I've heard it's going to look like crap. Well, try it. Experiment. Uh, I, I've wanted to upload things like um, videos of me patching my various synthesizers and showing how how and what goes into making a synthesizer uh-huh. patch. But I just I don't have the fucking technical know how or the patience to do it. So the answer is, will I ever iPhone? Yeah, I I know I know a lot of people do. But will I ever? Maybe. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I kind of do want to do some of my own weird, stupid shit that no one's gonna watch anyways. But until I can not be frustrated by the the mere thought of it, I, it's not going to happen. Well, you got to start somewhere. I mean, that's how everyone starts, not knowing how to do it. you got to walk your way through it. Or you can be like Frank and call me up and, and asking me how to you know change the uh, video input to the DVD. You can just oh, ask Jesus. me and I'll, and I'll answer you. I'm nice sometimes. I help you, I think. <laughs> All right, finally. <laughs> you do. I don't want help, Oh, uh, I don't have who asked this one. Sorry. Uh, could Nintendo ever mismanage Mario's IP into ir- irrelevance the way S- Sega did Sonic, or is the iconic plumber bulletproof? Um, my answer to that is, I mean, hypothetically speaking, uh, even Rome fell. Uh, I mean, yes, they could. Uh, it would not happen quickly, but they would absolutely... I mean, if they took well, a number of shitty turns, yeah, they could. Well, well okay, well, Rome was... A- it's kind of hard to compare. I'm, I'm going to compare it to Mario is Mickey Mouse. Sonic is Woody Woodpecker. At one point, Woody Woodpecker was really big and huge. But that star was really bright, and then it dimmed very quickly. And while there are still people around that love Woody Woodpecker, I'm sure there's hardcore Woody Woodpecker fans, they probably made decisions along the way that were really bad with Woody Woodpecker. This is the closest thing in my mind that I can think where, yeah, a lot of people still recognize Woody Woodpecker, but won't watch the new animated show. Like, won't care about it. Sure. But there always will be hardcore, hardcore fans that will. And for all you Sonic hardcore nuts out there, get on me. Sonic's a lot smaller than Mario nowadays. He's really falling off the cliff. 
I'm just saying that, of course, you, you you can always mismanage an IP, and and to go back to your, but it takes a long time. Yes, I know. Yeah, I didn't say it didn't. It wouldn't. I, I said it would take a long series of of, of, of fuck ups to get it to happen. Um, but to go back to your Disney statement, I mean, the Eisner years were not particularly great for Disney, and in the late '90s, Disney was suffering. I mean, what was Mickey suffering? Uh, he could have. I don't know. I mean, but basically, it bounced back. I mean, because yeah. you know, proper. I mean, when you're that strong. You have a lot longer of a window to recover. You're talking about a whole company now versus just one character and yeah, use okay. of an IP, though. I, I think, I think Sonic, they sort of uh, hoard out too much. I can say, the thing about Mario is that the flagship Mario games aren't done too often. We have the Galaxy games. True. The what was the last one? The 3DS uh, Worlds one. Uh, uh, well, there was Super Mario. There was Super Mario Land on the 3DS, and mm-hmm. then or Super Mario 3D Land. On the 3DS and Super Mario 3D World on the um, Wii, U. Wii U were the last f- two years entries. ago. Two yes. years ago. Yeah. They're, they're not doing them every year. They're not doing cheap cash-ins. They are very, very careful when Mario's a star of the game. Well, people might argue that with like the recent tennis game and all that. but, but yeah, That doesn't count. I'm talking about like the platform trademark games. But, but with the Sonic games, though, they fucking throw them in whatever. And the quality, well, yeah, is that, I mean that's very true. I mean, I mean, Sonic 06, Really, the the bigger problem I think was not so much Sonic 06, which was awful. But then they just started. You're right. They started throwing Sonic and everything. Let's uh, put him in a fairy tale about a Black Knight. Uh, let's put him on an on rails runner where there's tra- uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Uh, let's uh, introduce his evil brother and uh, you know yeah. create a GTA type game. They're like swinging it, say yeah. a swinging and missing. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. With, okay. with with the Mario games, they realized that. We got to be careful. This has to be a really great game. Let's take our time. And to backtrack a little bit, a ensemble sports game, whether it succeeds or fails, is not exactly a huge risk. No, and even they put you know Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. No one gives a shit. But that's almost like yeah, it's kind of a cute thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, we're talking about the mainstream sort of games. And plus, Mario's always lifted up because he stars in also other good games like Smash Brothers. He's always front and center and stuff like that. So a little guy's always going to be... And Sonic's like a little... All right, we, we've already dominated you. Come on in, you can be in our game. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I like the Sonic character in theory. I just think... I don't like. I don't enjoy the games. I don't like games on rails. I don't think platformers on rails make any sense. It wasn't supposed to be on rails. You're supposed to take your time with it. That's the biggest misconception is that Sonic is all about speed. But, but, anyway. th- but then there's parts where you just watch the game and it's on rails. So it's like, all right. It does... It's a th- it's, oh, Whatever. That'll be a Pat the Idiot's Punk episode in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. We down votes on it. By right. one person with about 800 Sonic accounts. Sonic accounts, the, <laughs> the number one Sonic fan? Yeah. All right. Well, this was a fine CU podcast. I was like, Jesus. Ah, it was a long one. It was over two hours. Two and a half hours. God, but we covered a lot. And uh, I'll be at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, City of Industry, January 30th and 31st, 2016. If you're listening to this 10 years from now, I'm hopefully retired. And then Ian's going to be in Buffalo at some point. April 30th. So that's a long way off. We can promote it closer to yep. them. And then um, we got we both have uh, Patreons. We have a podcast Patreon. I got my own Patreon. I got a book. Ultimatenes.com. Check it out. And then I'll be doing a new DVD at some point and a new Flea Market Madness and a new Pathians Punk and a new new shorts I should change into. Um, what? No. So for, for Ian Ferguson, I need to I need to eat food. I'm so starving. Yeah, we yeah. we gotta order like we gotta order food during the podcast. <laughs> I think we're at that point. We we.
while we talk about things. That's fine. Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry. Hopefully with with 80% less uh, audio glitches this time out. Hopefully. Let's cross our fingers, and we'll see you later. Bye.